you guys are awesome and make me feel a little more sane when you go off about the news and other BS that's constantly waved in our faces. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, May 24th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 411. This is No Agenda. Diverting due to unexpected headwinds here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill. In the morning. We have no more quirky openings. We keep getting stingers on every show. Yeah, I like the stinger. Sweet. Yeah, well, okay. But I, I like it when you say something like, it's garbage day. Hey, this garbage day. <laughs> See, that's Thursday's a, garbage day. It's garbage day here too. Oh, there's my pills. Thank you. Really, you have the you you you, yeah. you have the same pickup day on Thursday? Yes. Hold on. It's uh oh, it is Win T plus. There you go. What? I'm telling you, she's giving me testosterone. Windows. <laughs> it's Windows 98 T plus. Yeah, it's a little blue pill that looks just like a Viagra. Dietary supplement. Sports so supports healthy testosterone levels. <laughs> Let me take well, those right now. Taking that stuff, really? So I'm not that young. Well, essentially, it's a is a hormone that supposedly a Win T plus. Let me see. Supreme me... Wellness Win T plus. Are you looking it up? It has a nettle root extract. L one hundred seventy five bucks. No, I think she. I, I don't know. I think she got it from someone. Here, a Tongkat Alley root extract. This is all root stuff. Uh-oh, dimethyl chrysin. Hmm. Black yeah. pepper fruit extract. Yeah, that'll do it. It's called pepper. <laughs> I'm eating pepper, and it comes in a blue pill. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, it's working. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Does it enhance your energy? Yeah, oh, it totally. muscle mass? <laughs> Have you not seen my my biceps? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, John, uh, I was right again. Okay. The code, the code that the president gave to... Uh, oh, the hamburger code. That cheeseburger. Cheeseburger code, and right, fries. Che- I will remind you of the code that we uh, found on the last episode of No Agenda. Here it is. The president uh, speaking with uh, uh, the newly elected president, Hollande of France. I just want to remember that uh, cheeseburgers go very well with French fries. <laughs> now, listen, I didn't hear this until I was reclipping this. He doesn't say, I just want to remind you. He says, no, I just want to remember. This is, very, this is very significant. Yeah. I just want to remember that uh, cheeseburgers go very well with French fries. <laughs> he didn't say, I want to remind you. Why would he say that? That's Be- interesting. Because it was code. It was code, which meant... Send your French boob bomber. Go ahead. S- send your French boob bomber? Yeah, this is the, the French woman who uh, handed off a note and said, I've got a bomb inside me. Oh, the boob bomber, yeah. It happens one day later. This cannot be a coincidence. She was French? Yes. In fact, uh, I think she sounded like Peter Sellers. I have a bomb <laughs> in my boob. <laughs> This thing was so bogative. It was so bogative. CNN had the funniest report. So they have eyewitness on the plane, on the tarmac right now. Here's the exciting eyewitness report. Probably 
five and a half, six hours into the flight, and they announced that we uh, had to make an unscheduled landing for fuel um, due to unexpected, unprecedented headwinds. Uh, okay. And then we landed very shortly thereafter, maybe 10 minutes thereafter, um, and some authorities, some Customs and Border Patrol uh, got on board the plane um, and very quickly... Brooke is hating this right now. This is Brooke on CNN. Uh, so, yeah, but wait, wait, wait a minute. He just had landed for fuel. There was like, no one was freaking out on the plane. People weren't, passengers weren't jumping on this woman and body shielding from the blast. Kind uh, of swarmed this woman and then kept her, her off the back of the plane. Okay, let me back you up, Andrew. Yeah, because please, because you you're sucking, Andrew. Mentioned somebody got on a loudspeaker and said there was some kind of fuel or headwind issue, and that's why they said you had to divert uh, to Bangor, Maine, when in fact it sounds like it was because of this suspicious passenger. It's what did you not Bangalore? <laughs> did she say Bangalore? She? No, she didn't say Bangalore. Yeah. No, no. She, I think she said Banger. Fuel or headwind issue, and that's why they said you had to divert uh, to Bangor, Maine, when in fact it sounded like she said Bangalore. Yeah. A little bit. Anyway, this whole thing was so bogative. And I think it was just the code. It was like, hey, I want you to re- I want to remember. Go cheeseburger. Go cheese- cheeseburger. <laughs> cheeseburger. Whenever the word cheeseburger comes up, we got to be paying attention, John. This is a big deal now in my mind. It's a good code word. It's a great. Well, it has to be used in a certain context, though, obviously. Well, remember the cheeseburger. So if he says. I want to remember the cheeseburger tastes great with sauerkraut. Then you, out of Germany. We'll then you know to. something. Germans, you, know, you can use it in any context. I want you to remember, you can eat cheeseburger with chopsticks. Yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs> pay attention to this stuff. Uh, Early in the morning, John C. Devorak. Once you blew up the code, it's going to be hard to f- for them to continue it. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea. Boots on the ground, subs in the water, and feet in the air. And rubber on the road. A big in the morning to all of our professional drivers. I was reminded that we have a lot of truckers who listen to and support the show. And, of course, all of our human resources in the chat room. Uh, NoAgendaStream.com, NoAgendaChat.net, all charged up, ready to go exactly the way your government loves you. And we love you for that as well. This is uh, where we assassinate the media twice a week, Thursday and Sunday mornings, uh, 9 a.m. Gitmo Nation West time. And uh, it, was, it was a weird week, actually. It's a weird week. All kinds of weird stuff going on. Weird? Yeah, like what? Well, the thing that I'm most angry about, and, and I don't know if, I, if angry is the right word, Really disappointed. I spent uh, at least 45 minutes scouring all of my sources this morning trying to find video of Lucifer Clippity-Clop Hillary Clinton who was speaking at the Special Operations Command Gala Dinner. Ooh. I have the text of her remarks, but I I wanted to hear her say it herself because she came out with just a doozy. So she's talking about the... um, Pentagon's quadrennial defense reviews called the QDR. And along with that, you have the quadrennial diplomacy and development review, which she says, I call it the QDDR. She's so good with the acronyms. It says, let me, uh, let me highlight a few examples. As a part of the QDDR, we created a new Bureau of Conflict and Stabilization Operations that is working to put into practice lessons learned over the past decade and institutionalize a civilian surge capacity to deal with crises and hotspots. 
And then she says, and we've been talking about her techno experts for a long, long time. Um, she says, here's another example. We, we know we need to do a better job contesting the online space, media websites, and forums where Al-Qaeda and its affiliates spread their propaganda and recruit followers. So at the State Department, we've launched a new interagency center for strategic counterterrorism communications. It's housed at the State Department in my cave, but it draws on experts from the intelligence community and the Defense Department, including special operations forces. She's, she's a commando now. She's SEAL Team 666. And here's what she did. A couple of weeks ago, Al-Qaeda affiliates in Yemen began an advertising campaign. I think they had Google uh, AdWords. <laughs> began an advertising campaign on key tribal websites, bragging about killing Americans and trying to recruit new supporters. Within 48 hours, our team plastered, plastered, I tell you, the same sites with altered versions of the ads that showed the, to the toll Al-Qaeda attacks have taken on the Yemeni people. And we can tell that our efforts are starting to have an impact because we monitor the extremists venting their frustration, asking their supporters not to believe everything they read on the Internet. <laughs> the woman is insane. <laughs> she isn't. What do they think? These guys are just on the net. They're like on Facebook all day. I mean, what kind of terrorists are these? <laughs> They're like, we plastered it with, with ads. Eh, we took away their ads. We took away all their images. We put our own banners in there. But yeah, the, the banner with a JavaScript hacking. But here's the part that I really, really wish I had. Because at the end, the moderator comes back and says, Ladies and gentlemen, the commander will now present our guest of honor, that's Lucifer, with a token of our appreciation. Then Admiral McRaven says, Madam Secretary, a small token of our appreciation for joining us here tonight. This is, as you quickly noted, our version of Excalibur, the sword and the stone. And of course... As legend has it, only the wisest and the bravest can pull the sword from the stone. My guess is it will come out easily in your hand. Oh, jeez. I need that videotape. <laughs> that would have been clip of the day if I had it. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hitting refresh on video.state.gov. Can you imagine? She's Excalibur now. We just have to call her Excalibur Clinton. Isn't eh, isn't it the the sword and the stone? Yes, it will come out easily in your hand. I bow so to thee, like Lucifer. The sword the stone. I bow to thee, Lucifer. I am Admiral McRaven, but you are Lucifer, Queen of Light and Darkness. It's just crazy, crazy people. So, what was in the news this week? Well, um. A lot of different things. That phony baloney plane thing, which I thought was, it was just, you know, obviously a setup for something coming down. I think it's a part of a multi-stage. I call it a dry run. I think that was just a, you know, mm -hmm. just, just get us all ready for more. And you know, Yeah, that, no, that, that, that's part of it, but yeah. I think it's for more along the lines so we can sell more machines or something. I think the machines are involved in Well, this. they're talking about uh, enhanced pat-downs. <laughs> how more enhanced can they get? Oh, it could Turn be, the hand around. They could, Hello. They, they could be a lot more fun. <laughs> I'm sure they could be. I'm just going to use the back of my hand, sir. Yeah, yeah. Notice yeah, you. the back of my hand when I get to the sensitive areas. Do you have any medical devices? <laughs> Do you have any sensitive areas? Yeah, my my penis. <laughs> Please stay away from that. 
Um, no, there were other things going on. Uh, it's got to be a machine. I'm telling you, I'm going to put it in the red book a new machine. Well, yeah, it's the it's the new machine that He's basically selling these machines or they don't work, so they just keep selling new ones. They can't, you know, at some point they run into a, they don't do anything. Maybe I think the next thing. Have you ever seen an old washing machine? <laughs> yeah, that has the two rollers at the top. And you stick oh, the clothes oh, uh, in there, and it squeezes out the water. Yeah, you're just gonna have to go through that. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have some sort of thing. You're gonna stand in, and these rollers are gonna go up and down you, just pushing on you, squeezing yeah. you. And that's be the enhanced pat down. So it'd be just like a giant. You'd be like an old washing machine inside. You get inside this thing, and they just start smashing you. I would say for me, the news of the day was uh, John Brennan. You heard that he uh, he has a he has a new job now. What is it now? Oh, oh, you didn't hear no. about this. Oh, I'm, good. I'm out of it. Well, this is from uh, I'm I was lucky to find this because you know it's written in places. Associated Press came out with it, but Democracy Now did a little report, and I love it when these guys basically have to go against the Obama administration. It's so hard for them. Oh, I know they it, just they just pains them. It, I think it, it ages them. As President Obama expands the use of armed drones to assassinate suspects overseas, the White House is reportedly taking up a key role in determining who should be targeted. Since Obama has taken office, deadly drone strikes have been carried out in Pakistan, Afghanistan, Yemen, and Somalia. According to the Associated Press, a small team at the White House, led by counter-terror chief John Brennan, has taken the lead for drafting lists of individuals to target. <laughs> He, he's the list maker. It's it's Schindler's list. It's Brennan. He's the list maker. One official said there is a growing concern over, quote, how easy it has become to kill someone under the administration's drone strike policy. Late last month, Brennan publicly confirmed that the United States has used drones to conduct targeted killings overseas. And then they go into the whole clip, which I have if, if you wanted to replay it. But the they whole, have he's called the assassination czar. Yeah, the assassination czar. That's awesome. <laughs> no wonder he was so cavalier and he, you know, the guy's just like, he, you know, who does he remind me of? Anyway, you have a butt Blofeld. face. Yeah, you have a butt face, Brennan. Butt face, Brennan. And I'm not afraid of you. You're on the list. You're going to be on the list. Yeah, he's making a list. He's checking it twice. Little old John Brennan. So now it's that's, that's how it works now. Uh, let me read you the Associated Press article. White House counterterror chief John Brennan, had, and it's Associated Press, so, you know, that's straight from the Ministry of Truth. John Brennan has seized the lead in guiding the debate on which terror leaders will be targeted for drone attacks or raids, establishing a new procedure to vet both military and CIA targets. The move concentrates power over the use of lethal U.S. force outside war zones at the White House. In describing Brennan, in describing Brennan's arrangement to the Associated Press... The officials provided the first detailed description of the military's previous review process that set a schedule for killing or capturing terror leaders around the Arab world and beyond. They spoke on condition of anonymity because U.S. officials are not allowed to publicly describe the classified targeting program. How bogus is that? <laughs> totally. It's just a leak is what that's called. It's like a, a, an orchestrated leak. One senior, yeah. senior administration official, Valerie Jarrett, argues that Brennan's move adds another layer of review that augments rather than detracts from the Pentagon's role. 
The official says that, in fact, there will be more people at the table making decisions, including representatives from every agency involved in counterterrorism before they're reviewed by senior officials and ultimately the president. So they just have a meeting. Order will, the meeting will come to order. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chief of Joint Staffs, J.C. Dvorak, who do you have on your list? Uh, we've got a couple of uh, four-year-olds that were just patted down by TSA. Uh, they'd like to testify. All right. Did you get the RFID chip in them? Y'all dropped the butt. <laughs> let's drone them. This is just outrageous. Actually, I got a, an email from a drone operator. Uh, oh, did you now? Yeah, and I've had a little. Was it back- encrypted? <laughs> no, no. I've had. It could be, you know, psychological warfare operations, but it seems pretty sincere. Adam, I'm a drone pilot. I really think we have a bad rap in your eyes. You think? The mainstream media only shows one side of the story. Crying villagers claiming a drone blew up their children. Have you thought that these scenes could be anti-American propaganda? Wow. I am by no means Duh. I am by no means claiming complete innocence nor can I speak on behalf of such innocence however weapons aren't used unless we know it's a valid target we are human I will not deny that fact I don't want to go into much detail about what I do and I can't speak to many of the things the drones are used for but in my experience drones have been a lifesaver I've personally been at the controls that have directly saved several lives from enemy actions. Uh, I've also been that guy on the ground whose life was saved by a drone. I'm sure. The drone is only a tool. How people choose to use it makes it good or evil, just like the gun you pulled on the episode of Twit. (laughs) Yeah, that was cool. In the right hands, it will do good in this world. In the wrong hands, it will cause great pain and suffering. And he goes on, he talks about uh, scientific data collection, forest fire monitoring, police coverage, search and rescue. Um, And then the thing that kind of galled me, says, I know the technology is young and needs uh, maturation, but the FAA is on the right direction with integrating drones in the national airspace. Every single time I I get behind the controls, I feel as if, you know, as if I'm in the aircraft itself. And I sent him back and I said, that's impossible. When you're flying something on the ground, it's not the same as your life is an actual danger when you're flying something in the air. It's just not the same. You will take more risk. It's like it's, it's the same reason I'm against ballistic parachutes on uh, general aviation aircraft. I really dislike that. You get these jabronis who are like, eh, I can do this. If it, if it doesn't work out, I'll just pull the parachute. So, um, sorry, this is a drone op Jamie. And uh, he's really steadfast. He he thinks that we that he gets a bad rap. I'm like, well, not giving him a bad rap. No, the, but and we and we rarely talk. I don't remember us ever talking about the 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 moaning uh, families in the middle of nowhere saying that some drone came by and just killed their children, blew up a wedding. Uh, which that's nothing we discuss. We discuss the the uh, the calling out of some American without any due process whatsoever and then having somebody drone the guy. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Is that that's good too on your checklist of things? He's strangely enough, he did not mention that. But he will now, and I'm sure he listens. So he was a bad guy. Yeah, well, says who? <laughs> yeah, says Brennan. We had a meeting. 
So, but it's nice to know that these types of people are listening. That, that to me, is awesome. You what? You mean people in the CIA? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the guys who, who run the drones, you know, they have clearances. They're not necessarily CIA. They're just pilots. Yeah. Yeah. Xboxers. I'm sure it's fun to fly one. Oh, I'd love to fly one. But uh, fundamentally, I'm just against it. And it was a big story here in uh, Texas once again that um, in, what is it? Uh, what county is it? Let me see. It's, I don't think I can find it. Oh, here it is. Uh, Montgomery County, which I think is part of Dallas. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, they're talking about, they, they have a new drone now that they have permission to fly. And they're looking at arming it with rubber bullets. Arming it? These yeah. are the little dinky drones. They they shoot, although there is a video going around the uh, internet showing a guy that's hooked up a machine gun. Yeah, that's the Russian guy. I like that guy. He's funny. <laughs> He's a maniac. He's the Russian. Did you see him? He he was also firing the dragon's breath bullets. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, that guy's a maniac. And that he, he hooked it up to the drone. It was dumb. And that's not going to work. It's funny, though. Yeah, yeah, but I'd shoot that thing out of the sky so quickly. I'm ready. The minute they come around, I'm shooting them. You haven't got a rifle. I guess I do. I've got a shotgun. I've got a shotgun, and I've got the judge. Won't be a problem. shotgun's only going to be good for a limited range. I guess you could get... Yeah, but... Yeah, maybe with birdshot. It doesn't take much to take one of those cheap drones down. Well, under under 500 feet, it's... uh, You know, that's the, the level that the FAA has set... If they're flying under 500 feet, then I have the right to shoot it because then it's invasion of my space, my personal airspace. So I figure if I can reach it, that's got to be 500 feet. You know, if I can actually destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. So. It'd be nice if you could just wing it and then go grab it. Like I said before, you get one of these things down. You got to pull out these antennas. Stomp on the camera. Triangulate and figure (laughs) out who's got it. Stomp on the camera. Stop on the camera, and then, and then you got yourself a nice little airplane. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be too hard to intercept these things. Remember, you know there is always a radio signal that's going from the ground station to the drone. Right, and if some, but if it's a good, if it's one of the big giant drones that the CIA flies, then if you kill the radio signal, the thing's supposed to go home. Right, I think the smaller so, ones might do that too. I don't think they're that sophisticated. <clears throat> Well, I'm ready. I am ready. Sure. So that was kind of... Well, and then there was the whole uh, Law of the Sea Treaty. Did you watch any of the coverage as uh, once again? So, by the way, by the, back to the drones. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I watched that whole thing. So, uh, Ango, you know, on the show, the, the X3 show. Yeah. He's been learning to fly... Uh, a big, giant, four-propeller. One of those yeah. things, those crazy things. Yeah, from Brookstone. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. This is a bigger one. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever it is. But anyway, he says he can flip. You know, his goal is to be able to make it flip over and still fly and back and forth. I said, yeah. you got to put a key. He's got a camera. He's got a camera. You got to f- take it to the Mevio offices <laughs> and then live <laughs> fly right at the window outside the uh, you know the, the bookkeeper's <laughs> office and just have it hover there. No, no. You've you've got to give him a plane ticket, have him come over here, fly it over my house, and then watch what I do. I'm not giving him a plane ticket so he can destroy his little plane. <laughs> I will shoot that fucker. Yeah, says you. 
All right, go on. Yeah, no, I was watching this. And by the way, I'm really a fan now of the uh, other senator from Utah. Um, Mike, what's his last, Lee, I guess, um, who just really nailed this whole thing. This is a this is an interesting battle. This is the internationalists within Congress, which includes Clinton and, uh, I guess, uh, Panetta and most of the Democrats in Congress that just want to give a, a turn our sovereignty over to an international body. Yes. While saying, no, 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 we're getting more sovereignty. That was the basic argument that I kept hearing. Oh, no, 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 you're getting it all wrong when you see giving. No, 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 you're way off. We're getting more sovereignty and more power if we sign off on this. So I I took the liberty of uh, reading the U.N. Law of the Sea Treaty. And uh, even though I have it marked up in the show notes, 411.nashownotes.com, I've actually done a little, I've written a little rundown so I can just give you a brief synopsis of what it is and why it is not good for us. And then in between this, I have two quotes from Lucifer, who I, I love her because she was literally talking to me. She, she, I, I, she knew I was watching and she was talking to me. And uh, I'll let you know what she said. So first of all, this thing started in 1973. It was adopted in 1982. Reagan then rejected it. Uh, Clinton did a, a rework, and they had like nine amendments, and he sent it to the Senate in 1994. Uh, that got sent back to him in 2000. Bush tried again in 2004. So this is you know nothing new, but it keeps getting voted down in the Senate, and correctly, because here's the only article that really, really matters, and this is <clears throat> Article 2, Section 3. So it's one line. Sovereignty over the territorial sea is exercised subject to this convention and to other rules of international law. Now, I don't have to be a lawyer to tell you that that means your sovereignty is exercised subject, i.e. is uh, subordinated to this convention. Does that sound uh, plausible to you, John? I think that's what the argument is. Yeah. So just to understand the terminology, the territorial sea is the 12 miles off of your coast, and there's a lot of... um, a lot of uh, uh, language in this that shows how we measure that and everything. So you have the 12-mile territorial sea, which is now subject to this convention. Then we have the 200-mile exclusive economic zone and the 200-mile continental shelf. Now, all of these, this 12-mile, uh, the 200-mile uh, economic zone and the continental shelf, have already been codified by previous presidential proclamation in our own United States law. So we've already we've already been been um, uh, adhering to this basic principle, but now it has to go to the United Nations. Now, it doesn't. It goes to the <clears throat> International Seabed Authority, and this is the organization that is outfitted, and they're located in Kingston, Jamaica. So here's what they get to do: they get to tax. Anything you do outside of that 200-mile zone through application fees. And uh, right in the document, it says this could be $250,000 up to $1 million, $1982, I might remind. It even says $1982. So what is that now, $10 million? (laughs) No, but it's a little more. Uh, For everything you get out from the seabed, you have to pay a royalty, which varies depending on whether it's nickel this is, they talk about nickel a lot. What is nickel used for? Why is nickel so important? It's all over well, the stock. Well, nickel metal hydride batteries for starters. Okay. For your freaking battery car. So nickel is very important, but the the royalty, which is a tax, 
It's also used as an alloy in most stainless steel, I believe. Is between 2 and 7%. It's kind of high. And so Lucifer addresses this directly, hearing me on the show already. Now, some mischaracterize the payments for benefit of resource rights beyond 200 miles as, quote, a U.N. tax. And this is my personal favorite of the arguments against the treaty. Because I'm crazy? Is that no, it? Be, no, wait. It's one of her personal favorites. <laughs> but, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just one, it's her favorite. Here it is. It's her favorite. And why? That will be used to support state sponsors of terrorism. This is where she's really smart. So oh, she's twisting the argument. That's yeah, I didn't. Sick. It's still a tax, but she's saying, "Oh, it's a tax that will be used to support terrorism." No, who I, says that? Nobody. Nobody says, says that. that. That's that's why she's a sick, twisted person. State sponsors of terrorism. Honestly, I don't know where these people make these things up. <laughs> yeah, in your she's office, the one who just made it up. In I've your office, yeah, in your office, you make that up. I didn't hear but, Mike Lee say that. No, I no, no one said that. It's not that. This is about a, just a tax. It's an actual tax. So she's admitting it's a tax, but it, she's saying, oh, it's not a tax to support terrorism. No, but it is a tax. We'll make these things up. But anyway, the convention does not contain or authorize any such taxes. Any royalty fee does not go to the United Nations. It goes into a fund for distribution to parties of the convention. And we, were we actually in the convention, would have a permanent veto power over how the funds are distributed. Now, let me just uh, refute this. It go- right, Mike, by the way, Mike Lee refuted this too. Okay, so it doesn't go into, it goes into a separate organization underneath the uh, international uh, seabed, uh, what, what is it called? International Seabed Authority. Authority. And the name of this this outfit where the tax goes to is unbelievable. They have no shame. It's called the enterprise. I mean, literally the enterprise, oh, which means the business and, and the business. Why is it in Kingston, Jamaica to begin with? Cause they got good weed. It's kind of sketchy putting it there. It seems to me headquartered in Kingston. I'm not sure why it's there. ISA.org. Now she says that uh, she speaks of a veto. This is patently not true. I mean, I, I reread this for an hour. This is some sort of a grab of international well, resources no, I'm, for a I'm group go- of elites. I'm going to tell you what it is. So, there, first of all, the United States has no outright effective veto. The only veto, certain actions can be blocked in sub-councils and only when three of the four largest nations concur. So it is a lie. We do not have any veto power. It is just absolutely, categorically untrue. Now, the treaty um, is basically about this non-territorial sea. And they define this area as the global as part of the global commons and the global commons is defined as the atmosphere outer space the oceans beyond national jurisdiction and the related environment that supports human life so essentially by giving the enterprise control over the uh, non-territorial sea gives the United Nations control over, what is it, 70% of the Earth's surface? 
Didn't we go over this entire thing about two years ago? Yeah, because she was already talking about it then. I said, look out, here it comes. It's going to come. And then, so this is absolutely giving up sovereignty. It says it right there. Giving up sovereignty over the territorial sea is exercise subject to this convention to the United Nations, and not just the United Nations, to a commercial outfit called the Enterprise who is going to take money for you doing anything there. And here's her, uh, her, um, here's how she refutes that. I love this. I've also heard we should not join this convention because, quote, it's a U.N. treaty. And, of course, that means the black helicopters are on their way. <laughs> what? What does she come up with this? She listens she to the show. Make, can, can't she just argue the points rather than dreaming up weird stuff? To, oh, you must be crazy to not like this idea. <laughs> no, she listens to the show. This is she obvious. She should just say, That'll be the day. Oh, it's Curry with his black helicopters again. Well, the fact that a treaty was negotiated under the auspices of the United Nations, which is, after all, a convenient gathering place. This is a drinking club where we all go hang out and get our hair done. This is even worse, what she's saying. It's, it's a treaty under the auspices. Yes, because the enterprise is a commercial outfit and will determine everything. For the countries of the world has not stopped us from joining agreements that are in our interests. We are party to dozens of agreements negotiated under the U.N. auspices on everything from counterterrorism and law enforcement to health, commerce, and aviation. Yeah, how's that working out so far? How's Libya feeling about that? And we often pay fees under those treaties, ah. recognizing the benefits we get dwarf those minimal fees. So Minimal fees. Minimal it fees. $3 million to join the club, according to this, on their own website. Yeah, so here, here's the real problem. They start with the seabed, but remember, they're saying the territorial sea is a part of the global common. So now it effectively gives the United Nations the right to tell tell the atmosphere, John, the atmosphere. That's what we breathe. That's what we live in. Now they control the atmosphere, outer space. Really? Airspace? So if you want to, so they're going to charge you money for flying over the sea. There's a lot of stuff in there about piracy, and I think they just want to have it so that when the crap hits the fan, they can all jump on their yachts and go out into territorial waters and just be safe and just float around while everything goes to hell. <laughs> float around? I don't think so. This has something to do with this cobalt mining. It's the nickel. It's the cobalt. I mean, she Cobalt's even, the big one. But, you know, she gives us this reasoning. Let me see if I can, because it's a long clip. Let me just skip ahead in it. Let me see. They're trying to score some easy money on royalties for cobalt mining. And, you know, somehow this is like, this is bad. It is bad. I think the bad thing is is giving up sovereignty. Yeah, and, no, that's that's the, that's their, that's their uh, Achilles heel. If they could somehow avoid that, putting that, that line, in, yeah. people might sign on to this. But then this, the, the greater the long-term scheme is ruined. Well, there's another little thing which I think is extremely important. Because this is mainly about the minerals, but a lot of it's about gas and oil. And the main thing that it uh, keeps coming back is that any other member of the treaty can lay cable or pipelines on your turf and you can't stop it so i think that has a lot to do with it 
so that we, you know, because, of course, you know, when Poland didn't want the uh, uh, the Gazprom pipeline going right in front of their water, you know, they had to come up with a scheme which consisted of, you know, killing the whole government. And like, you know, you can't keep killing the whole government. So why don't we just make it so that you can run the pipeline on that 12 mile territorial water? They everyone has the right to do that now. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, they have this bullcrap metric saying, oh, you know, now we can, you know, we can extend our economic zone, which is not true, only if you pay the, the royalties and the upfront fees, to a, to an area uh, one and a half times the size of Texas. And, and, and why are you using Texas as an example? You know, this, this, this is oil and gas, and she's on board with it. And the fact that she can go float around in her yacht safely is just a Benny. But this is how it starts. Before you know it, we'll be, ta- we'll be paying fees for breathing because they own the atmosphere. The enterprise will own the atmosphere. And that's, that's the, the simple, simplest way to put it. But, man, they're really pulling out the big guns. When I mean, you got Panetta there, you got Lucifer there, uh, Dempsey's there. They're just really rolling it out. Dempsey didn't look that comfortable. Yeah, because he's probably a good guy. He's just like, oh, just let me get through this. I just want to hit my pension. I got my I got my own yacht. I'm gonna go and float around, be safe. You know, and, and you can just call anybody a pirate and go shoot him, according to the document. Yeah, well, hmm. All right, well that's nice. But she also says uh somewhere in here, let's see if I can find US it. Continental Shelf. Now they are. The convention allows countries to claim sovereignty over their continental shelf. It's back a little bit, hold on. Advantage of the convention. Uh. Four new to the first for years. Area far out into the ocean beyond two, the relevant area for the United States. Probably more than it makes one as much sense the way you're doing it. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I get it. Size <laughs> could be considerably larger. I just want to see if, I, if this U.S. Is it. oil and gas companies are now ready. Willing and able, and they're paying me to explore this area. You know, my husband is a consultant for all these guys, but they have made it clear to us that they need the maximum level of international legal certainty before they will or could make the substantial investments. Yeah. Well, anyway, what she says at a certain, you know, the big benefit is uh, we can get all these precious minerals so we can make more cell phones and flat screens. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason for it. So this is uh, not a good thing. And um, if you can contact, if you're an American, if you give a crap, you should probably contact your representative, how futile it may seem, and say, uh, not such a good idea. And you can just easily cite this uh, Article 2, Section 3 which uh, literally says that uh, the territorial sea is subject to this convention. That's it. It's done. And that's how it starts. And then it's the atmosphere. And then uh, it's outer space because it ties the two together. They're already trying to go after fresh water inland. If you have an island, though, it's awesome. If you own an island as a country, so like the Falklands, you get a lot of extra area. Because you get all this space all around it seems like islands are good for this. Maybe that's why Jamaica somehow is involved with it. I just, just, I would, I think that's what we got to get to the bottom of. The Jamaica just, thing? Because there's something fishy about Jamaica. Why Jamaica? Interesting. Yeah, no, we'll figure it out.
I mean, it's just completely just, you know, what? what? Okay. Well, I think we should uh, thank our uh, executive producers for today's show. Yes, because we're not going to make any money mining for minerals. No, we got to, we cost, you can't even, you have to pay a fee just to even begin. So we do have a couple of uh, one, two, three executive producers and uh, um, one, two, three associate executive producers. I don't have anything here from Michael Baker in the email. Let me take one quick look. Michael Baker, is he on the list? I don't see him. He should be on the list. Isn't he on the list? Oh, yeah, I see him from Queensland. Yes. Queensland. Why don't you start? I'll, I'll look in the email from Michael Baker. Okay. Um, all right. For sure. Well, we got off to a good start with, uh, obviously, uh, $1,000, which is an immediate knighthood for Thomas Cleard. Whoa. Whoa. And he's in Bahrain. Menomina. Menomina. <laughs> Menomina. Menomina. Bahraini, rainy. Um. Okay, gentlemen, I'm not drunk, so it won't be too interesting. And sure, if it made it under the wire or not for this episode, well, he's got in the 411, which is actually better. I think he tried to get in last uh, Sunday. Long-time boner, first-time donor. Obligatory de-douching is required. You've been de-douched. Please shout-out to my colleague who introduced me to both of you many years ago. Douchebag Craig Whiting. Douchebag. Also in Bahrain. We no longer watch CNN for the past couple of years. It's dead, and Fox is too biased to be believed at times. So what's left? Never understood the Anderson Pooper hype. Where did he come from? It's a good question. Ed, this is his next line is good. Bring back Bobby Batista. Yeah, she was hot. Can I get uh, in the following? Uh, the following. He wants the following. Nothing to see here. Uh, IRS karma. He's in Bahrain, so this is like a nightmare. Uh, IRS karma in the morning and the baby milf. Oh, wait a minute. So nothing to see here. I don't karma. have an. I don't have an IRS thing. No, just karma. He just wants it for the IRS. But oh, and and, and then he wants uh, the baby in milf in the morning. In the morning and then the and baby, baby milf. Oh, okay. Okay. Hey, what happened? Don't nothing. look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. In the morning. That's one hot milk, baby. You've got karma. Kind of a remix, but okay. Uh, he, by the way, says the last few episodes have made him laugh and paranoid. <laughs> it's like weed. It's weird. <laughs> no agenda. It's like weed. No agenda. We are, we we are. are the weed of the internet. <laughs> We are we. the great investigative work and let the truth be heard. It's offer still good. Hey to Adam. Uh, what about me, by the way? Welcome to visit our Airbus simulators anytime. Whoa. Do I get to fly it? If simul- uh, simulator, you can. Well, I mean, but, you know, a sim costs a lot of money per hour. It's not free. He s- runs it. Oh, my goodness. But I have to go to Bahrain. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, awesome. Cool. Well, thank so, yeah, you so much, uh, Thomas. Run when they charge him, but they, they, they comp you. Thomas, that is great, man. Thank you for coming in and supporting the work. Highly appreciate it. And you shall be knighted, sir, for sure. And and also coming in, David Rosa from Clarkston, Michigan, is $777.77. If I can even say it, which now, means a lot of pro whistle. Pro whistle, uh, right? Yeah. Numbers. Yeah. I forgot to include a note. Oh, so here it is. 
I hope this email finds its way to you. First off, I love the show. I've been listening to the show since number 49. The reason I'm donating is namely because of Adam's stellar performance during this past Sunday's Twitch show where he pulled out a gun. <laughs> it was truly the no agenda invasion of Twit. I'm not sure Leo Scoble or the Padre had any real idea of what was going on. And it was capped off by Adam making the reference to Ad Anderson Pooper <laughs> and having no one else even notice he said Pooper. Now, hold on a second. I just want to say something. Because I got a lot of comments about this, about the show. And uh, the, here's the problem I have with it. So it was a good appearance. You know, I had fun. Uh, it worked out. I was doing nothing different than how we talk on this show. But now everyone wants the monkey boy to dance. Yeah, yeah, you better dance, monkey. Yeah, it's dance, like, dance, dance, dance. You got to go on every week. You know, it's tiring. I was so tired after that Sunday. Yeah, yeah a lot of people don't realize it's actually fatiguing. I don't so know much. how you do it, actually. I mean, yeah. <laughs> have you ever watched me yeah, on the show? That's true. You just phoned you it in. You can figure it out if you watch me. How I do it. But it was really, really tiring, you know. And Yeah, because you were actually, you went out of your way to, to put on a performance that was actually quite good, but that's got to really poop you out. But also, people have to understand it's the mix. It's the mix of people who are on the show. So you come back to No Agenda because you know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get Adam Same and John. Same two guys. You know what you're getting. Yeah, it's, 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 it's what it is. Yeah. But you get the, the uh, Twitch show's got you know, a different group of people all the time, and, and the quality varies with the mix. Yeah, so in, let me give an example. Don't expect me to be on when Brian Brushwood is on. It's not going to work. It just won't work. No, because you'll never get a word in edgewise, especially if you're coming over the internets. Yeah. So yeah, that, no, that also makes a difference if you're on Skype. I don't even do Skype on that show anymore. I go up there because you can really. You can you, do a lot more. Yeah. You can do a lot more. You can cue off each other and do all the kind of stuff you can do. In, in a, but also, in a, you know, it's like we need Dvorak on. I'm like he's never going to do that. It won't happen. It's not going to happen. People want, you know, this, and by the way. Yeah, if you want Dvorak with Curry. Listen hello? to this show. Hello. Yeah. What here are, we are. What are we? Chop liver over here? Jeez. Anyway, I, don't get that. I really don't get that. But it, but it was kind of fun to, because you know, what set me off is the minute you get someone talking about Zuck, like you're blowing him every day. Zuck, Zuck is great. You know, it's like okay, you you might as well ra wave a red flag in front of a bull. And then I was just off to the races. I'm like, okay. Uh, but I, you know, and and you know, I. I really appreciate that Leo put me on, but it was like a booty call. Let's be honest, you know, like, hey, I can't find anybody else, you know. So anyway, we do have uh, David one didn't want us to read this at the beginning, but we're he wanted us to because he's got some special thing. He wants us to uh, I'm going reading it in this order it should be in uh, to play because it's his birthday. So he wants us to play, and I believe me, this is like, uh, he wants us to play the Gitmo National Anthem, and I think we should. Yeah, we'll do it at the, uh, the at donation segment. At the halfway segment. break, and then we'll... Uh, See, we'll, I, uh, I wonder, do you think I would be, who else would I be good with on Twitter? Do you think, how about that, uh, who's that cute blonde girl that you like so much? What's her name? A cute blonde girl Jolie, that I like jo so much? Jolie Dolly, what's her name? Oh, Jolie O'Dell's a redhead, I think. Oh. Uh, See, I'd yeah, I like working with her. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think I'd probably be no good. You won't be able to work with no, her. She's not no. easy to work with. She, you, she bristles You, you got to put me on with morons. You have, to, you have to deal, and it's better to be in person with her, by the way, yeah. just in general. <laughs> uh-huh. No, but I, so, uh, I, it has to be a Jolie, moron. But Jolie might, maybe. No, no, I no. I think that you would, might, it might make for some very high entertainment uh, for the viewers. 
Um, no. No, I don't think so. It has to be like... Uh, Brushwood, would, you wouldn't no, work with well no, either. No, no, no. I don't know. I need I moron, morons. This. this is what was so great about Scoble, because he's a toddler. He's funny. You know? Well, Scoble had your... I would only watch the beginning, but Scoble kind of had... It was, was, uh, was owning you for a while. In what way? <laughs> You, All right, let's you're, go on. You're making a joke. Benjamin Nidus in Brooklyn, New York, $411. I'm emailing y'all a lengthy addendum email. Thanks, Adam and John, for giving us the 411 on the happenings of our downward spiraling world. Adam was simply out, outstanding. On uh, last Sunday's Twitter, everyone hey, should... wait a minute. If we're going to keep getting all this uh, donations for that, I mean, I should go back again. Yeah. yeah. Shoot me in the chemtrails. The science <laughs> is in karma. <laughs> So he wants chemtrail science is in karma. Uh-huh. If that's not asking too much, well, for 411, sure. Yeah. JCD was right. Knowing the truth is disturbing. There's something about enlightenment, perhaps the escaping of the slavery of the mind, as Morpheus puts it in the majors. Boy, hey, Benjamin, get out of the house. All right, here we go. Chemtrail. The science is in. You've got karma. Tight. Tight. Yeah, it was tight. It wasn't that good, though. Um, oh, now because I was still good on Twitter. Now you got to like knock me down every every five oh, minutes. Yeah. Is yeah. that it? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So let's go. One more executive producer. Ty. That was we had four, not uh, three. Tice Arntzen. I, I think it's Tees. 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 Could be Tees. I think I'm. He's from Deutschland. So. Yeah, he's Deutschland. Yeah. Okay. A quick donation to get a birthday shout out for my little human resource Lola. She's nine. We'll put her on the list. Uh, shout out for myself being two days and several years older. I've done some weird calculation, and the correct amount for both birthdays should be three hundred forty-five dollars, eight hundred twenty-five, eighty point eight two five seven five seven five seven five seven five seven five eight cents. I wouldn't know where to get the real news without you guys. Keep up the fantastic work, Tice from Gitmo Nation Tease. Sauerkraut. Tease, Gitmo Nation Sauerkraut. Tease. Peace. David Foley comes in as an associate executive producer from Los Gatos, the Lost Cats. Oh, no, it's the cat. Uh, I'm including 150 donation from the No Agenda listeners plus another 150 in matching funds for a total of 300 as part of my value for value agreement. I pledge that any No Agenda listeners that donate to my son's school walkathon would be doubled in kind to No Agenda. Oh. Please send some slide whistle karma. To uh, Dennis Howard, who donated fifty dollars, and Black Knight McTank, who donated a hundred. You've got karma. <laughs> you can't get that anywhere else, ladies and gentlemen. Nope, it's one of a kind. I have nothing Michael, for Michael Baker. I have no. I have email. nothing for Michael Baker either. So, but so Michael Baker in Woolowin, <laughs> Woolowin. Great. What they get? This bus be near Wagga Wagga in Queensland, uh, Australia. Wooloon. I think it's Wooloon. 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 That's uh, $300. Uh, and then finally, Austin Voss, Sir Austin Voss to you in Calgary, where all the money is. Uh, two, four, five, two, three. <laughs> Great show. And I'm a big fan of the value for value model. Can I get a shot of house selling karma? You've got karma. And those are our executive producers and associate executive executive producers for show 411 and we would appreciate uh, their uh, <laughs> efforts and contributions to an extreme go to noagendashow.com noagendanation.com uh, dvorak.org slash na and channeldvorak.com slash na for uh, to help us out on show 412 which is coming Dvorak. up this Sunday .org slash na you know, you know what's really funny is that I, while you were just reading that I'm looking at the chat room and so it's a chat room, right? So 
the same people who say, ah, oh, Twit was great. Now they're like, yeah, but his, his hair looked weird. You know, he, when he laughed, he looked like Jeff Goldblum. It's like, you know, here come the attacks. It always turns. <laughs> so what if you look like Jeff? You did look a little like Jeff. <laughs> it always turns. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's just, it's, it's just the, the nature okay, of the he's, beast. He's up on the pedestal. Kick him, kick him, kick him. <laughs> a couple of PR uh, initiatives that I have to report today. The first one, now available on the Kindle, No Agenda Poems. And this is an initiative for one of our producers. And if you go, it's in the show notes. If you go to noagendapoems.blogspot.com, welcome slave to No Agenda Poems to help support No Agenda, the best podcast in the universe. A No Agenda Poem book is currently available on Amazon.com entitled Poems That Hit You in the Mouth. 50% of the profits go directly to the No Agenda show. And it's uh, for sale for two ninety nine. I picked up a copy. And uh, very nice. Um, it's, a, it's a nice little uh, e-booklet. And I'd like to uh, recite from the e-booklet. Uh, first, we have uh, the there's actually a, a foreword, which I didn't write, but it is a quote from me. And it says, quote, a perfect counterbalance for Ministry of Truth. Bite me, Haiku Herman. And that is Adam Curry. Let me uh, read the first two poems. The first poem is titled Slave. <clears throat> Shut up, they tell me. Get back in line. Obey and consume. Everything is fine. Look over here. Lindsay Lowen isn't wearing pants. Don't look at the banks receiving free grants. Beautiful. It's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful poem. And then cracking... Short but sweet. Ca- cracking the pot to buzz the kill is the title of the second poem I'd like to read, John. Tuning in my digital dial to a pair of men who don't miss a file of news, both real and real, who notice all the surreal info in the land taking the time out to read Ayn Rand. <laughs> guy's a genius. <laughs> the guy's a Got genius. talent. Absolute talent. He's going to be the poet laureate next thing you know. <laughs> pick himself up one of those statues. And then, uh, see, uh, this is from uh, Alex, uh, producer Alex in the morning. John and Adam, quick update on the Roku channel. Just released the new version of the channel. It should be available in all Roku countries now. Canada, United Kingdom, and Ireland. Main improvement that it remembers last play positions. Oh, that's good. Fast forward and rewind buttons are now functional because they were kind of like not functional before. Uh, This sounds simple, but hey. Roku's API doesn't have this functionality for audio playback. I had to hack it up with HTTP headers. Good job, Alex. Also, I'd like Wait to... Wait a minute. So how do I go about finding this? You go to Roku... Uh... No, I think, I think it's, in the, it's in the channel guide. If you go to Roku and you go to the channel guide, it's there. The No Agenda... You uh, sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Mm. We were actually on the new and noteworthy. And by the way... Uh, if you have the app, star it, because then it shows up on the... Here, the channel can be found in top-rated, because we're top-rated, or news categories in the Roku channel store. And he says, the Roku, NA Roku app is currently installed in over 28,000 Roku devices, so you definitely have more listeners than Pooper. Yeah, nice. There's yeah. proof. God, I guess I guess last week, CNN had his... You know, we talked about this, I guess, kind of in advance. Of having the lowest ratings they've ever had ever? No, no. We had we talked about it because I read this stuff, and then the news comes out with it two weeks later. Oh, have you seen this? Because they're all too busy doing other stuff. And then Sir Daniels checks in. He, I think he uh, he was kind of out of pocket for a while and wasn't uh, wasn't listening because um, he he said, "Oh, I've got some uh, show names that forward to, to no We don't really do that anymore." But he got a spacebat.com. 
which is interesting. Well, I like that. And the drones are here for your protection.com. So um, you can always use that as a way to get people to listen. You know, the drones are hot these days, so you can just say, oh, you know, the drones are here for, for your protection.com. You might want to check that out. And uh, that will do it for our... I like AskForce.com the best. <laughs> I didn't plug that on Twitter. I should have. AskForce.com, baby. That's where you can find my show. So thank you so much to our executive producers for today's program and our associate executive producer. That's highly appreciated. All the PR initiatives and, of course, all of our producers out there who continue to support us at noagendanewsnetwork.com. Add your feed. Uh, bring us some good stories so we can work uh, more diligently and more dis- distrib- distributed. And if you can't afford any other means of helping out than just going out, doing one simple thing, propagating our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Come on, kids, say it with me. Shut up, slave. Oh, there's one more thing I got to play for you. So, you know, we've been doing these auditions from time to time to try and uh, augment the income here in Austin. And uh, this is one of our producers put up a YouTube video. Check this out. He's got, he, he's got his kids auditioning for No Agenda. Voiceover auditions for the No Agenda show. Lizzie, age six. You've got to see this this girl. She is the cutest ever. Shut up, slave. Slave. <laughs> but she does a couple different versions, John. She's better than this one. Yeah. Shut up, slave. <laughs> That's how she talks to her sister, I'm sure. And uh, the next one? Shut up, slave. <laughs> and the last one is the best. Shut up, slave. All right, listen to this. Go back to work, human resource. <laughs> I thought the the third one. I think it was the one that we should take and clip it. The third you one. You know, this is not a bad idea for like an ongoing thing. In other words, getting all these you know children <laughs> because it's funny or it's much funnier when a it's little cute. kid is saying it's cute. stuff. Yeah. I like the get back to work, human resource. We need to uh, take a, a bunch of the the ones that we'd like to have kids clip. You know, uh, you know, all of them, the ones that we want kids to say, and put a list together, and then send it out for as a cattle call. And then have uh, and then have GX two do a song, eventually. Yeah, when yeah, we get eventually. enough in, yeah, yeah that'd be great. Oh, okay, awesome. All right, well, we'll work on that. Keep keep it going. And and by the way, it's also good. It's healthy for your kids. Yeah, they get used to it because they might get a government job eventually. That, that can be very handy, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> All so, right, what you got, John? I see you got it. You sent in a bunch of stuff here, so yeah, like I got a bunch some. of stuff. I, we can talk a little bit about the population control thing, which which is going to be an end of show clip. I have a, a an interesting end of show clip from this doctor who was mentioned in the. Uh, oh, is it the peak the peak babies guy? In the newsletter, no, no, peak, no. This uh, is uh, the newsletter. We discussed the uh, population control, the, f- the fact that there is now a patented uh, vaccine that injects some certain kinds of hormones that sterilize you essentially, and uh-huh. but has room for other things. It's a great patent. In other words, you can make a flu shot and add something to it. You can do all these different things. And it, of course, apparently this has been going on now and again, and there's been some lawsuits over it where they're trying to 
you know, create a population control situation. Uh, Gates, in fact, mentioned something that's an anomalous. This is his population control clip that he had at TED where he's talking about, you know, if we get enough, we're going to have 9 billion people, but if we get enough vaccinations and other controlled mechanisms out there, we can keep that number down, which I thought was kind of revealing. Get this down to zero. Uh, Probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Now, that's back from high school algebra, but let's, let's take a look. Uh, first, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. So, you know, he makes this argument that it, he doesn't say that there's, we're dealing with population control. He's his claim, and I thought about this, was it was that if well, if people know more and they're all and they're healthy, they won't have so many kids, and the population won't grow so much. But it still grows. Yeah. Uh, so he's kind of saying it's going to reverse, and uh, which means you have to be killing people somehow through one mechanism or another. And again, I re- tell people to refer to the newsletter for the more detail. Uh, detailed aspects of this but i just wanted before and the end of the show clip will kind of explain a lot of it but let me just play a clip that i wanted to play last week which is the untold story about china this is where population you know the chinese were convinced that and a lot of people don't realize that, that this has been pulled the chinese have given up on this one person thing they have all kinds of ways to get around they need more people it turns out really because of the growing population and then this this is an untold story wait a minute what is, are they going to explain in this why, why they need more bit. people? Okay. A little bit. Okay. All right. We are becoming uncompetitive. It's more affordable for companies to move from China to Thailand and Vietnam. All of this means that China's one-child policy is beginning to loosen, and Shanghai is in the vanguard. In this family planning clinic, young women are no longer instructed in contraception or abortion, but in fertility and how to conceive more successfully. In Chinese terms, this is something of a revolution. We hope people will follow the regulations and have a second child. We're offering parenting classes as well as fertility clinics. If you are an only child and you marry someone else who is also an only child, you've always been allowed to have two children. Ah. But now we're trying to encourage everyone to do so. China is facing up to the fact that it is aging and at a rate that few societies have ever experienced. It will have to find a way to pay for the costs of aging without the economic wealth supplied by so many young people. This is fascinating because, of course, I've been indoctrinated with the, with the, with the knowledge that there was a one-child-per-family policy, and it turns out that that's not even true is that if you both were uh, single children, then you're allowed to have more than one. Right. Now they, they want everyone to have more than one. The whole policy's been turned on its head because it's a disaster, and nobody's reporting this. And where did you get did did you, you know? I mean, I, no, I, I had no I idea. Yeah. Where did so you get this and, from? And you still hear that, you know, if you listen to the right-wing talk radio guys who never report anything, they just <laughs> yak about stuff. Yeah. You know, they say, oh, the Chinese, they do this, and they're going to shoot you if you have a second kid. Right. No, it's not what's going on. And uh, Where did you it, find this? Where did you get this information I from? I got it from an obscure BBC report. Huh. So, uh, 
So what's interesting is that they, they claim that the Chinese, the aging, the, the population is so screwed up by this policy that it's going to cause all kinds of havoc. Yeah, because, because people are getting old and there's no one, no slaves to take over the, the work. Right. And it's not, you know, it's very unbalanced. And one child for two people is not, it is no good. It's just, it but, causes all kinds of problems. John, 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 I was, as in listening to that clip, I think we have another gig for the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group. We need to show them how to make babies. Yeah. Can you imagine how much fun that would be? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that they would catch <laughs> on to that. So anyway, so this is where it would, you know, the whole, you know, these, these naive people, when you hear the clip at the end of the show where the woman goes on about the neo-aristocrats. Yeah. Who are people who think, you know, we should have the population be like 500 million in the world. It's not even close to being pops possible because it would cause so much disruption to slow down the way things happen naturally. And then they're corrected by famines and other unfortunate situations, but that's just the way it is. You can't do that. You can't manipulate things and, and, and hope that it works out because you've never done this before, especially on a large scale experiment. But then why are they doing it? China's not doing it anymore. No, I, no, I understand. But why do we have the Gates Foundation, who is, who is just so out of control? Because they are naive idiots. Maybe they're just eugenicists and evil. Is that possible? Well, I think it, it's, a, yeah, it's very <laughs> possible they're evil and and not, maybe don't know it. I mean, it's just like, you know, anyone who's, uh, you know, studies religion know that things like this happen. But whatever the case is, this is a... This is all bad. So I didn't yeah. I didn't clip it, but there was one of our producers sent me another TED talk from a guy who says we've already had peak babies, which I thought was a great term. So we've already had peak babies. And he's we're in the same boat. He's in the same boat as these other idiots. Yeah, no, no. But he's saying we're on the he was actually saying we're on the decline. Well, we are in some parts of East of, of Western Europe. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the Italians are expected to probably be a dead you know, a dead culture mm -hmm. in a hundred years. And the, uh, but you know, these things change when you have, you know, since there's a natural cycle of things, yeah, things are on the downturn now, but we're going to fall into a depression. Well, any minute if we're not in one now and uh, things, you know, and then people are having, you know, they're kind of, I think pushing out more. I think there's a, there's going to be a baby boom. Hmm. I mean, peak babies is bull crap. I just like the term. I just I like it, though, yeah. Peak babies. Peak babies. I thought it was, that was like good. Like you can't make... Well, you know, if you listen to this this clip at the end of the show, which I'm yeah, encouraging you, you keep, to do. You keep teasing that, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's mentioned that there, the idea is that uh, a number of initiatives to get people to take... Uh, uh, she claims the H1N1 is essentially forced sterilization. And it's discussed again in the newsletter, and I hope people get to get on the mailing list for that. Well, so the Gates Foundation is going around Africa predominantly in um, complete cahoots with uh, primarily Merck, but other pharm big pharmaceutical corporations and uh, vaccinating people. And if I can disseminate what you're telling me here is that they are putting this patented stuff in there, which basically uh, sterilizes women. I guess it's women. It could be men, but basically sterilize them and therefore brings down the population, but they're doing it under the cover of, oh, it's for polio, oh, it's for this, it's for malaria, oh, it's for this or that. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, well, apparently it was documented that a smallpox, uh, uh, again, it's in the newsletter, a smallpox uh, initiative in Africa was was discovered to be sterilizing women 
when somebody noticed that the, the injections were only being given to women, they didn't even bother giving them to the men, so the whole thing was a front. Yeah, phony, right. And, of course, the Africans are very suspicious of, of, of uh, vaccinations, which really... <laughs> of white men with, they're suspicious of white men with needles. Uh-huh. Yeah, which infuriates the doctors down there because there are good reasons for, you know, vaccinating against certain things that are normal, that are, that are required, that are probably healthy, but... They, can't, they won't take the injection because they don't trust anybody. And I, you can't blame, can't blame them, them. No. based on some of the stuff that's happened. Well, you can't blame them because they're like, hey, that's the guy who made that Windows crap. I don't want his vaccine. <laughs> hey, <this laughs> that vaccine's going to reboot me. I'm on Linux, man. That Windows crap doesn't work. But, uh, you know, I don't know that Gates is, uh, I don't know where Gates really is on this on this thing because he's not a, I don't know. I mean, it's just part of this. He is definitely turned into an elite. Yeah. And, I mean, he doesn't hang out with users groups anymore like he used to. No. You know, and the people, as it were, and float around. You know, he used to eschew even getting in a limo or flying first class, even though they... I remember push. that. Yeah, I remember he wouldn't fly yeah, first class. Yeah, a big deal yeah. about it. Now, yeah. you, don't even, you won't even see him because he's always in a limo. And he's, you know, now, in fact, he uh, usually has two limos. I was talking to a limo driver recently who was hauling gates around, and he says he always he has two limos. Why? Well, in case one limo breaks down, he no. can get the other one and keep going. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so, I think ever since uh, Melinda came on the scene, that's when something changed with him. Maybe she was like a Project Monarch kind of thing, you know? Yeah. She was brought possible. in. Yeah, well, it think about it. surprise me. No. So anyway, like I said, anyway, I'm, I'm trying, I am teasing the thing at the end to keep people to listen to the whole show. Because we got a good show. Now, so I'm, so just to change the topic to something a little more uh, uh, real news-ish, if you want to hit it, real news. And now, back to real news. So I was noticing an anomaly in the in the ratings is that now Good Morning America is impinged upon the Today Show and is beating it once in a while. So I had to check out what Good Morning America is all, all about now. So I listened yesterday. <laughs> the, the torture you go through. There is no news anymore on Good Morning America or features. It's all entertainment news. That's and all it show goes, business. And, and it's about like half the show is about Dancing with the Stars, ABC, and the other half was about Men in Black. And hey, this is the which and, is one of them. Is that a Disney movie? Looks like he's going to throw up. He's going to have to quit the show. <laughs> but play, I got two different clips of two different parts of the show. There was never anything but a bunch of people giggling and saying, "Oh yeah, that that movie." Uh, you'd have these three people want to say, oh, the movie Men in Black is going to be so good. And the other and the guy giggles and goes, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to go be I'm going to try to get in line to see it when it first comes out. And it's just like pathetic. Play Good Morning America, not the part one, but just the, the original the plane. <laughs> Note to self. Uh, talk about sizzling chemistry. The first trailer has just been released for The Great Gatsby, and wow, the sexual energy between Leo DiCaprio and Carrie Mulligan, palpable. The literary classic has been adapted to film no less than six times, so a lot of pressure on director Baz Luhrmann and the cast to deliver. It's the first time Leo and Luhrmann have teamed up since Romeo and Juliet. Terrific film, and this time Leo's playing Jay Gatsby, Carrie plays Daisy Buchanan, and Tobey Maguire taking on the role of Daisy his cousin, Nick Carraway, he narrates the tale of the roaring. Great role after yeah. great role. Agreed. Yeah, does. And let me good, tell you. Good choices. It's yeah. going to be good. Really, honestly, uh, this trailer, you will want to be there Christmas Day. Good. And 
And if you haven't read it yet, there's this little book out. Not sure if you heard about it. Fifty Shades of something. <laughs> oh yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey. Still as hot and sells as it is between the literary sheets, I dare say. A whopping 10 million copies of the steamy trilogy Whoa. have now been sold. That's amazing. That includes copies to every one of my mommy friends, who no doubt have been part of the phenomenon. In fact, Fifty Shades now among the fastest selling series of all time, beating both the Twilight series and that's Hunger Games. Seriously? Yep. That's unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it's coming. Okay. Oh, let's get Watch out, some. Sam Champion. Whoa. Oh, wow. Oh, hey. Wow. Oh. Hey, check this out. Check what? this out. I know. Hey, hey, Josh. Look at this. This is like, I know. It's like, how many pounds is this thing? It's like 800 pounds of fiery engine here. This is Boris's bike. Let me show you a clip from the film as we just tell you a little bit about this thing. This thing. John, did you edit this? This is no. This is oh, this is this is a minute and a half of just promotional bullcrap. All it no. That's a yo. I did edit it. That's a minute and a half out of an hour of promotional bullcrap. Hey, look at this. Look at this guy. By the way, the guy at the end. He's the weather guy giving the weather report. <laughs> Actually, it's a big. Yeah. Go about 100 miles an hour, and the bad guy in the movie is on board. But check out the rides in this thing. There's like some kind of gyroscopic bike. This is incredible. Incredible. Oh, wow. Uh. This is the weather guy. Wow. It goes on and on and on. It starts off with a bunch of stuff about Dancing with the Stars. It goes on. And the weather guy sitting on some prop from Men in Black. But you see, it, it, it all fits together, John. The you whole hour. You have to watch this bullcrap, and they get indoctrinated with more entertainment bullcrap, and then you go see the bullcrap, and then you paste the bullcrap that you saw the bullcrap about the bullcrap on the bullcrap Facebook. That's what the circle is. And then one says, oh, yeah, I saw the bullcrap. Oh, oh, have you seen the bullcrap? No, I got to go see the bullcrap. I like the bullcrap. Like, ding, oh, yes, the bullcrap. And then you go watch tomorrow and uh, see the reviews yeah, of the try, bull crap. You throw away 40, 50, 60 bucks in the process, by the way, which could be better spent sure. on the No Agenda show. And, and meanwhile, have you seen this sneaky thing that these cable jabronis are doing? Here's what's going to happen, because I've been following this very, very closely. So they come out, and of course, you know, the cable companies are all part of the bull crap system. And you're paying $200 a month. You are paying $200 a month. Just really, really look at your bill. And yeah, part of that's for internet. So they come out, they say... We're joining forces, the five big cable networks. I can't oh, even, yeah, this. This is, th this is the biggest scam in the universe. <laughs> We're joining forces so you can have free Wi-Fi. And everyone's like, that rocks. That kicks ass. Wait, let me like it. Oh, yes, this is so good. I liked it on Facebook. They're awesome. No. What is coming is that you are only going to be allowed to watch Hulu and your HBO Go and all these apps that you can watch this stuff on the internet, you will have to log in with your cable credentials. So this is how they're closing the loop on the system. And, by the way, um, now they're coming in with tiered pricing, which actually I believe you and I are both a fan of. I think tiered pricing is a good idea. Um, if it's not outrageous, but I think the idea of tiering that is, uh, is reasonable. But the reason they're doing that is when you're on their free Wi-Fi, their quote free Wi-Fi networks, which will be tied into you paying for cable television service, then you won't have to have a tiered uh, bandwidth system. So they are hooking people in, and the zombification of Gitmo Nation is so large that people are just going, "Okay, this is good. 
I have to see Men in Black 3. Men in Black 3, are you freaking kidding me? This is just an outrage. People it's, fall a, it's unbelievable. It. So I was wondering why they were impinging on Today Show. They're giving the public nothing but entertainment news, all related to Disney mostly, of course. These are entertainment-owned networks that are supposed to be serving the public interest. They are licensed you know, to go over the air for a reason, mm-hmm. licensed by the government. But the government is all for this. They don't want anybody really getting into the news or what's actually going They're on. Paying They're paying for it, it, John. They're paying for it. We know that part of the budget for psychological operations for propaganda is now in the in the appropriations bill the NDAA 2013 and they're paying for it someone pointed out to me that moneyball at the end of moneyball the department of defense special thanks department of defense for what what did they do for moneyball i have no idea i didn't notice that yeah one of my producers noticed it and then they uh, they sent me a, a freeze frame of that i'm like yeah, it was like a big thank you, Department of Defense. What, do they have recruitment posters in the stadium? I, I must have missed it. But this is this is what's really taking place. It's been legitimized. The budgets are cleared. It's a bonanza. If the media companies aren't making money on bullcrap super PAC ads just to keep you entertained with nonsense, just total nonsense, if it's not that way of making money, then it's to hook you into this bullcrap, and the money's coming directly from the government. They are paying for this bullcrap to keep you bullcrapatized. Meanwhile, other news stories don't get played at all. The Lockerbie guy's dead. Oh, yeah. Now, this is very interesting to me. because Play the, play the little report from the BBC. Okay, hold on. Got it. The funeral has taken place for Abdel Basset Al-Megrahi in Tripoli, the only man convicted of the Lockerbie bombing. He had been suffering from cancer and had been controversially released from a prison by the Scottish government on compassionate grounds. Alan Little has his report. Under Colonel Gaddafi, this might have been a big public or even state event, an occasion for national mourning. Instead, Abdul Basset Ali Mohammed al-Megrahi was laid to rest today, quietly, in a family plot in Tripoli. To the end, the former Libyan intelligence officer insisted he was innocent. Panam 103. So this is interesting because CNN came out with, and I saw the, the, uh, the video articles weren't interesting enough, but they come out with this big article on CNN.com. It's linked in the show notes. Lockerbie. Did someone else bomb Pan Am 103? And I'm like, what? I mean, first of all, yes, this was a CIA drug running operation. Uh, McGrahi actually was only connected through some false evidence of some kind of shirt. And if you really if you really look into it very, very deeply, the whole thing stinks. And of course, you know, who built it the bomb. It was very well covered by the British media during that era, if you can go find those old newspapers. And they pretty much identified the fact that there was no connection to Libya whatsoever. So here's the Red Book prediction. They're going to link this to probably Iran or maybe Lebanon. This is part of the path to, pa- the path to Persia. And you can put it in the Red Book. They're going to link a new Lockerbie. They're going to find new evidence, and they're going to link it to terrorism in Iran or Lebanon. I think Iran, because they're so hot and heavy on Iran, and Iran, of course, is very important for our path to Persia, total world global domination. That they're, 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 Listen to this clip from uh, 
Unless you want to say something more about McGrahi, because I think this is really what's happening. No, here. all I would mention was that when they went to uh, Lockerbie as part of this report, they started asking people on the street about what they thought. This guy's dead now. Of course, they, you know, what's funny is that he's, they left, let him go because he was dying, and he died. But the American news still, in fact, I'm sure if you listen to right-wing waiters, oh, they let the guy go for no good reason. He wasn't dying. It was bull crap. But he's dead well, anyway, they asked the people on the street, and half of them said, "I don't think he did it." Uh, the people in Lockerbie, yeah, no, there was a. This was CIA drug running. It was a huge scandal, and it's there are. I should look it up. There's a guy who did some real great investigative work on this, but it's you can't even discuss it because it's so detailed. There's just so much going on. But there are a couple of smoking guns that don't point to Magrahi, and uh, and and I will say on the other hand, they had a, a good little cover because of course. We blew a Libyan plane out of the sky, killed 280 people, and they said that was retaliation for that. Um, but I, uh, I think the reason why CNN has been given permission to all of a sudden report on this is because they're going to flip it and, and pin it on Iran. Here's MSNBC, another compromised news organization. Uh, I, don't even, I don't know who the people are on this. Uh, there's one host and then there's some jabroni, but... When you pull out the Hitler card, you know, it's like, then you, you got my attention for being a shill. Just the most outrageous and most frightening story of the... Uh, and this, of course, is because I have to set this up properly. Um, <clears throat> and this is how it's being used as well. There is a, a falsified translation <clears throat> of what Mahmoud Ahmadinejad said. Um, and uh, John McCain, many senators all say, uh, and congressmen, except for Ron Paul... Say, you know, he even said that in one of the phony debates, say, you know, uh, Ahmadinejad wants to wipe Israel off the face of the map. And that was not the translation. So now they've got some new translation from some army guy, so not the leader of the country, but some army guy. And he apparently now has called for the annihilation of Israel. And now what's going around in the fake news media is, oh, you can't refute this. This guy really said it. They want to annihilate Israel. Hitler! The most outrageous and most frightening story of the day, not getting a lot of play, but it needs to. So here you go. Listen to what a top Iranian military commander said at a defense gathering in Tehran. Quote, the Iranian nation is standing for its cause, and that is the full annihilation of Israel. Now, earlier tonight, Dennis, the Senate agreed to sanctions about Iran, mostly related to its nuclear program. Not even these stupid and dangerous comments. How do we react to this? I love how he sets up the question. These stupid and dangerous comments. How do you react to that? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, let me think. How should I react? Oh, wait a minute. I know what I'm being paid for. It's very important that the world realize, Brian, that this is the first claim about annihilation, the first demand that extermination of a people take place since the Holocaust. And it is not lost on the Jews of Israel who have made the first coalition government since before the Six-Day War in 1967 when they launched the preemptive strike to stop being annihilated then by uh, by Egypt, uh, Jordan, uh, Jordan joined later, but by Egypt and Syria. This is the biggest news item of the day, the fact that the media don't take it seriously boggles my mind. If the world had taken Hitler seriously in 39, 50 million non-Jews lives and 6 million Jews lives might have been saved. But <laughs> What is he talking about? War was underway in 1939. The guy is an idiot. All, his only job is to say uh, Jews being killed is Hitler, is Iran, is Nazis. And 
is no evidence for this. The only evidence is that we're going to go in and kick their ass. That's the only evidence I see. Yeah. Well, it's all a setup. Yeah. At least, so I got a weird clip. It says weird clip. Oh. So I'm I, I re- using my little H2 recorder and I record and I get this. Now the Olympic flame has attracted more big crowds than its reports from Toronto. What? <laughs> what am I listening to? Ghosts. How did you get that? <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I just I'm doing the clips, and there's this clip. I sped it up because uh, you can do that with Audacity. I recommend people use that as their uh, editor. It's free and it's, and it's good. All right. But the problem is, it's weird when you when I sped it up, the chunks of the text were missing. So if I so if I took a part of a BBC report, this is you have to listen to the whole thing to find out how hilarious it is. But the WTF clip is what the way it comes out after you try to recover from whatever happened. It was some sort of a crash of the little device. This hour, the NATO summit in Chicago, security forces by the middle of next year, closing a summit training and support role in Afghanistan. Slash news. Yeah, I think you just need some new equipment. <laughs> I do. We don't have enough money. Your equipment is bogative, man. It's, <laughs> that was it's bad. No All right, I got, I got a clip for you. Um, now, I'm not sure exactly why this was introduced. And the, the great thing is you'll only hear people on the <clears throat> on the television box, uh, that, that light box talking about it. I want to play you the clip of this uh, Charles L. Worley. <clears throat> this is the uh, the preacher from North Carolina who um, just went on. I, I think it, it was introduced, and this guy's probably, I mean, I'm sure if he's a preacher, he's being paid. I think it was just introduced to be anti-Obama. Did you hear this one about uh, what he would do with gays and lesbians? Have you heard this clip? No. Oh, it's crazy. Listen. I had a way, I figured a way out, a way to get rid of all lesbians and queers. <laughs> <laughs> is this not the prototype guy? It, it got off to a, to a roaring start. <laughs> but it couldn't get it past the Congress. It couldn't get it past the Congress. Okay, what did you introduce to Congress? Let's back up and say, who is this guy again? Charles L. Worley. I think he's a televangelist, really. Oh, okay. Yeah. Build a great, big, large fence, 100 50 or 100 mile long, put all the lesbians in there. <laughs> and then bring on Adam and John. They'll take care. They'll, they'll make them straight. Fly over and drop some food. <laughs> Do the same thing with the queers and the homosexuals. <laughs> and have that fence electrified till they can't get out. <laughs> Feed them. And, and you know what? In a few years, they'll die out. Do you know why they can't reproduce? This guy's great. Who is it? What, where, what? Where did this even come from? From his sermon. He's standing there in church. Listen, it's there's another 30 seconds. It's really good. The, the way he ends it up is great. Or has a young and 
Praise God, he'll be the first. If he has a young, a man has a young, and pray God, he'll be all the first. of these. You can just well to amen. I'm gonna preach a hell out of all of us. Amen. That's right. Hey, I, I tell you right now. Here comes the message. Somebody said, "Who you gonna vote for?" I ain't gonna vote for a baby killer and a homosexual lover. Woo! Amen. You said, "Did you- who would that be, John?" So that's interesting. Now, this I wonder, did this come out after the, the assertions of the gay Obama, the first yes, gay president? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, this so is all the, part so of the, the plan. trick was working. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Well, oh, I yeah. worked on this guy. He was an, obviously a <laughs> moron. <laughs> let's, but. let's do it the ending. It's funny. Do you mean to say that? You better believe I did. <laughs> God have mercy. It <laughs> makes me puking sick. Puking sick. To think about Listen to this. I don't even know whether you ought to say this in the pulpit or not. Go ahead, say it in the pulpit. Could you imagine kissing some man? Yes. In fact, I dream of kissing George Clooney. <laughs> that, that can't be for real. You think it's a fake? I, th- I, I think there are guys like that, and they're down there. I, th- I think it was. A, I in, think the whole in, thing is a setup. You know, uh, sure, the guys probably like that, but you know, for for this to hit the media. And they're talking about it. They don't really, oh, yeah, no, they don't it's really a plant. show the clip. Yeah, no, I think you're right. This uh, is you, it's be a, plant. a plant. They were looking to say, well, maybe Curry will find this and <laughs> no, run it on there. No, I've heard them talking about it on stupid shows that no one watches. But, you know, I'm amazed you didn't hear about it on ABC Good Morning America. They're too busy promoting movies. They're, they've got their act together. That, that's, all, that's borderline news. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. No Electrify the fence. In the morning. Uh, we got to start off with some uh, thank yous for Michael Stadjahar in, uh, I guess he's in the Arab Emirates, $101.01. I don't have a note from him. Uh, I'll lose, no. yeah, by the way, if you have notes and you're going to send them an email, CC Adam so he can look you up like he's going to be doing right now as I read uh, through these things, right? Yeah, but I don't think I have him. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, uh, Keith Jacobs, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, $100.07. Keep up the good work on the best best podcast in the universe. Slide whistle is key, but Adam plays a little too nicely. Oh, very funny. Uh, please a shot of karma for us all. Here we go. You've got karma. All right. Um, hold on one second. No, there's no Stadjohar here either. Hmm. All right. Um, great show. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I got $100 from Gary Wiley in Squim, Washington, which is right up the street from me. Sir Yaz in Linden, North Carolina, $99.99. Uh, and Sir James I Briscoe. Know, I know Sir Yaz had some, you know, What is wrong with the donation notes? Do you not forward them to uh, Buzzkill Jr.? I do, yeah. Well, then the half of them on here have been typed in. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let's look up Sir Yaz. We're not in a hurry. <laughs> Let me see. I have uh, uh, four ten. Here's a producer's note from Yaz in February twenty nine. February twenty ninth. That's not it. I have uh, May nineteenth. Please refer to me as Sir Yaz. P- p- kindly provide a duck call to all boner to all boners who don't like slide whistle. Let me be clear. Why? Because is that an old one? I just keep. Maybe he came in again. I don't know. Well, let's 
So I can do the slide whistle duck call. Yeah, do that. Wait. <laughs> I'm to do both at the same time. Huh. And the crazy thing is, he only had the slide whistle in his mouth, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> okay, Sir James Briscoe in Bayshore, New York. Uh, hello, fellows. Need to keep up my donations as a responsible knight. I've recently been befallen under some knife fall myself. I feel crappy recently. Screw everything. But you guys helped a lot for providing serious humor to dispel the crap. And I've done it myself. I've used my little gray cells to dispel. He was a pro guy to dispel the crap around me. So it's so prevalent here in Gitmo, Long Island. Please give me a shot of karma to the love of my life, Smita, and add in that I understand she will need it, I know, more than I would. Thanks, gents. Happy to be a knight. I guess I have to re-up to get the next knight benefit. You've got karma. And that was 8273 for some reason. Uh, Joseph Pumphrey, which sent, he sent in a long note, which I have here. It's just a real note because you can hear the paper. Mm. 7777. Writing and donating in support of the most more slide with whistle and synthesider copyright. <laughs> I have irrefutable, irrefutable proof that the slide whistle performances on no agenda has saved lives. Oh, and how does he figure? The soothing tone of the slide whistle made it impossible to formulate a way over the amp USB mouse to deliver a fatal shock to people who pay me to keep their networks clean, yet insist on finding ways of installing coupon printer software against all my efforts to the contrary. In other words, he would have killed someone. Uh, uh, he needs some fuck cancer karma for his grandmother. Doctor did scan on her yesterday and found something looked like a tumor. <sighs> and uh, then uh, it's just a couple of miscellaneous notes. He, I think she, he needs some karma. And uh, he says, uh, John, I hope you start reading more letters in your drunk guy persona. Also wanted to point out that the value for value model of no agenda has ruined other broadcast media for me. I have no tolerance for long advertising blocks on TV or radio anymore. I only have Netflix for movies and TV and pursue news from online sources. Thanks for all you do. All right. There you go. Fuck the cancer. You've got karma. Jesse Cruz in Highland Park, Illinois, 6969. Mike Coulter in Monticello, Minnesota, 6969. Keeping up the, the string of 6969 donations. Uh, Adam was excellent on Twit, subdued by his standards. Where is the RSS feed for Adam's other show? It's right there. It's right on the page. Please give your, yourselves a shot of karma. All right. Thank you so much. You've got karma. If you go to any of the interview pages on the Big Book Show, you'll see at the bottom it says uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast feed on your mobile device. It's right mm -hmm. there. Uh, and we have Brandon in Silverdale, Washington, right down the street from me, 6969. Uh, we're still, we're on a tear with the squash of nerves today. This is yeah. good. Yeah. Hi, John and Adam. Truth be told, I donate after Adam took over Twit for two hours. Great PR move, by the way. I was still considering myself a boner douchebag for not donating to the show more or sooner. I probably will not be donating for a while still as I have this saving up to just get by with a modest wedding for my hot geeky girlfriend. She's moving into town with me next week. I asked for a MILF call out for my girlfriend and a get laid karma for myself and everybody that donates to the show. MILF. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. Let me just say one thing. Um... So, so by now, it's, it's well known that July 16th, Ms. Mickey and I uh, 
are getting married in Amsterdam. Yeah. And on the 13th in the supper club in Amsterdam, that's where um, that's where she used to work. Actually, she set it up like 17 years ago. Um, there's a uh, she's calling it a bachelor party. I have no idea, uh, but it's going to be you know, pretty big. And uh, we want to give any no agenda producers the opportunity who are in Amsterdam to uh, join us on Friday the 13th. Get it. <clears throat> so email Mickey, M-I-C-K-Y, at curry.com, and uh, she'll hook you up with an invite. How cool is that? Bring gifts. No, no, no. Gifts are not allowed. No uh, gifts. Yeah, that's a mistake. <laughs> I didn't say no donations. I said no gifts. No, donations. Bring donations. <laughs> Barrington, Iruki in Pearland, Texas, 6969. Terrence Ingram in Orlando, Florida, 6969. Hearing Adam on Buzz Out Loud initially caught my attention. You were on Buzz Out Loud? Uh, yeah, and the, right after that, they killed the show. <laughs> well, I hope they don't kill Twit. <laughs> I think there's a message here. I need to get on Good Morning America. Yeah, you need something to get like on that. something. Yeah, you know the uh, VH, those pills. VH1. Uh, it's those pills. Yeah, VH1 asked me to uh, come on like their '80s weekend something or other. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, okay, I'll do that. They won't pay for airfare or a hotel. I'm like, okay, I won't do that. A bunch of cheapskates. Huh. John Camp in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, sixty nine, sixty nine. Andrew Lem, Lem, give it a shot. Lemessony, Lemessony. Hey, you're lemessing me. Stop uh, lemessing Colorado with Springs, me. Springs, Colorado, sixty nine, sixty nine. Crackpot and overkill. Value for value, good sirs. Can I also get a trains good, planes bad? It tickles my brain, and it's been too long. Okay. Oops. Oops. Uh, here it is. All aboard. Trains good, planes bad. Woo-hoo! All right. Um, Je- Jeffrey Yerke, Concord. Jeff Yerke, to you. 6666. Did you know the market closed down the other day, uh, (laughs) 6.66? No, I missed that. That That's kind of Did did anyone say anything? Yeah, people all commented on it. Almost all the people that comment on this sort of thing. You think there's a message there? Well, I don't know. I would say code. There's a lot of people think, well, it could be code to get the heck out. Yeah. Uh, 6666, uh, sorry it's been a while. I've been busy slaving away and listening to No Agenda with an Anne Margaret Chaser. Mm. Do you please sample a simple de-douching and a shot of karma will make things right as rain? All right, no problem. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. I didn't realize Yerky's got, Yerky's done some, uh, I worked with him to, to, uh, to remaster a bunch of old, um, Red Fox albums. Oh, you've, albums you, you, that, you've mentioned that before. Yeah, the Red Fox albums, the party records that were done in, I think, the 60s. Mm. And we have a few, but I don't have as many as I'd like. I think we did maybe about five or six so far. And uh, I'm trying to find someone who has the rights to these things, which, you know, are going to fall in the public domain. Or But there's somebody in L.A. that owns them. Mm. And uh, 
But he says here he's got reel to reel, open reel to reel. I I actually have to get in touch with him now because I got a bunch of old reel to reel tapes that I need to move to uh, digital. David Sands in uh, or Sands 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 Sands. What do you think? S a e n z. Uh, Bayside, New York, fifty seven seventy seven. Greetings from Gitmo Nation proper, Empire State. I've been listening to the show for five months. This is my first donation. Thanks for all your hard work. I'm glad to see you two together again. I- Again, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, what does that mean? I think he sent it to the wrong show. I think I always tell you, had great chemistry together since the Granky, Cranky Geeks podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, that, that was one time. Fun. Yeah, No, it was always fun when I was on Cranky Geeks. I always enjoyed it. You were on once. Uh, I was on several times, John. Please send me some karma for my job application. I'm looking forward to leaving underemployment, finally starting a career since graduating college. Graduating from college, you're an American, almost two years ago. Also, I vote for Dvorak only slide whistle. Stick to the nine niner niner, Adam. Okay. Well, I use some karma for you, my friend. Good luck with that. You've got karma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sebastian de Stigter. De Stichter. Be right. Sebastian de Stichter. Sebastian de Stichter. Stichter. Let me try again. Sebastian de Stichter. <laughs> Rotterdam, fifty-five, fifty-five. Greetings from Gitmo Nation, Deutschland. Oh, it's actually in Deutschland. Uh, it would be sauerkraut, by the way. Returning donor to the greatest podcast in the universe. I'm in need for job karma and some for my smoking hot wife so we can live and work in the same place. All right. Ciao, Sebastian. You've got karma. Okay, uh, Travis Stearns in um, Minneapolis, Minnesota. What? Twin Cities. Twin Cities. 55, 55. By the way, it's beautiful up there. It is. I recommend people go up there and look at the art museums and the public art. And look at the mall. In St. Paul in particular has public art that is astonishing. I got a mall. a big mall there, Big mall with a roller coaster. And then we have Cheap Indian Bastard from Los Angeles, California. <laughs> Wait, 55. he's back? The Cheap Indian Bastard? Yeah. <laughs> Longtime member of the $5 a month club and the original Cheap Indian Bastard bastard that John gave a shout out to about 100 episodes ago. You guys are an island of o- oasis of rational thought and clarity in a sea of media crap. Keep up the good work. In addition to your joint media assassinations, I really enjoy listening to Adam's crackpot theories that challenge commonly held beliefs about how the world is supposed to work. Thanks, Adam. Two personal requests. I need a the Chipolo to Ching Ching plus a karma Kapu, shout out for the just the Chinese thing mm-hmm. uh, for a new venture that I just started trying to live the American dream of just getting by. I also need a second karma shout out for my father-in-law's recovering from a heart-related issue, which will be part of the first karma. We only do one. I need a birthday wishes played for my son. Do we have him? Yes, we do. Yep, we do. Uh, turns nine, and as I will be turning 40 next week, and finally, I would strongly urge other freedom of thought and speech-loving Indians in the U.S., India, and elsewhere to donate heartily to support the show. Do you think we have, how big do you think our Indian audience is? Do you think they're listening and just not donating or they're just not listening? I think it's a combination of two. They're not listening and those who do listen don't donate except for this cheap Indian bastard. You know what we need? We need uh, O Malik to get on the, on, on the bandwagon here and he's got a blog about us. <clears throat> he talked about me once when I was critical of his buddy Vivek Kundra. Oh, okay. <clears throat> no, and that's sh- pretty much the last time he would speak to me. You shunned the cabal. Ah, I see. Oh, yeah, no, it's oh, a cabal. Yeah. There's no oh, doubt. Yeah. All right, let me give him the Tapu Tata Ching Ching uh, karma here. Tapu Tata Ching Ching. 
You've got karma. Patrick Sutton in Norfolk, Virginia, 55, double nickels on the dime. Managed to finish and graduated from college. My final paper was actually on Ron Paul and his campaign to use the social media to gather a massive youth following. I wanted to say that the show really was what got me to pay closer attention to Paul. Anyway, I'm also going on vacation tomorrow like some travel karma. It would hit me right as I'm getting to the airport. Well, there you go. Travel karma for you. Hope there's no boob bombs You've on board. You've got karma. Patrick Vaughn in Traverse City, Michigan. Double nickels on the dime. He's sending in my crystal head vodka budget. Ooh. An excellent libation to help keep Adam and John in the manner they've become accustomed to. Please send me some karma as I hope to someday overcome my long history of douchebaggery. And once again, attain positive karma. Okay, it's just the karma. Here we go. You've got karma. Graham Wolf in Wichita, Kansas. 55 double nickels on the dime I donated last summer, but I've waited far too long for the second donation since I listened to a year for about a year without giving. I like to be de-douche, topped off by a huntsman. Thanks you for your hard work. You've been de-douched. Ooh. That was good. I like that one. That works, yeah. Yeah, that does work. Susan Blair in Manchester, New York, 5509th, value for value. Keep up the good work. Daniel Thorley in Brighton, East Sussex, 5247 in the morning. From Brighton, UK, to you, Adam, and to you, John, dude. (laughs) Dude, a donation of today's date plus seven for keeping the slide whistle. Michael Kleckner in Ewing, North, uh, North, New Jersey, 5150 for the nutcases out there. Thanks for the best... Podcast in the universe. I've been listening to for some time now. Longtime boner finally succumbed to my guilt and your donation request. Please de-douche me. I've been trying to propagate the formula that people think I'm talking crazy. <laughs> I'll keep trying though. Thanks again. You got to talk to the. You got to convert the converted. You can't. You got to get people that are already thinking like you know, kind of openly. Then uh, they don't, and they're distrustful of the media. No, the best and, thing is just tell those people <clears throat> to go through the body scanner twice. Just ask for another scan. <laughs> you should tell them. Can I do that again? Yeah, please. You I was want- living the American dream of getting by. Can I see is something, say something, two to the head, uh, because that is what every good citizen slave is supposed to be doing and getting in return, right? So let's see, what has he got? He's got a D, he needs a D-douching. Mm-hmm. Uh, see something, say something, and two to the head. Okay. <laughs> You've been D-douched. If you see something, say something. <laughs> Sorry. It wasn't loaded properly. Apparently. Will Lissack in Happy Valley, Oregon. Happy Valley, Oregon. $50.50. <laughs> please give my thanks to everyone that purchased this No Agenda News app. Yeah. If you could please rocking. give this app sales a booster shot of Huntsman Karma, I'd really appreciate it. <clears throat> and it's nanewsapp.com. Absolutely love it. <laughs> You've got karma. Uh, Denver, Colorado. Identify me in the verbal and written credits as just an F. I'd like some job karma for an interview I recently had and seven cents to keep up the slide whistle. You've got karma. Danny Wong in Livermore, California. I was just in Livermore, California looking at some cattle. $50. $50. I'd but love did, to make... Were you going to buy some cattle? I'm going to buy a, a steer, and I've created the uh, Mevio Meat Club, and we're going to get a steer uh, slaughtered and split it up amongst ourselves. 
We do that. In, in, we'll, I can see I'm going to write a paper on this so people can. Everyone should be doing this, by the way. Buying and a steer? Yeah, or, or well, one way of doing it is you can go, and I was advised to do this for the pig we're trying to get. You can go to the county fair or the state fair in, in Dallas, Texas, but any county fair will have a, a Future Farmers of America, and they'll have a bunch of kids who raise their, their favorite pig or, or steer or, her, you know, all kinds of different animals, uh, lambs. And you can go to the auction, usually it's the end of the fair, and you can buy the the animal and they usually the kids will take care of all the organizing the butchering and the wrapping cut and wrap and all the rest of it and it's you know run you three dollars a pound kind of thing um it's a lot cheaper than stuff i mean you have to pay 25 dollars a pound for grass-fed beef at uh at uh whole or whole foods this is like three dollars a pound and it's, and it's better you can meet the animal and you just throw it in the freezer right yeah you need yeah. a freezer cool. and it's healthier cool Danny Wong, Livermore, $50. I'd love to make my first donation a drunk one, but instead I guess I'll just have to do this one stone. Hey, man, I don't know if you have a stone or a voice you could do, but <coughs> it sounds like Adam's had experience in that department. I'm donating so I can no longer feel like a douchebag. <laughs> While you're reading the producer credits, but it has the de-douchings in order. I like to call my buddy Ross. Russ is a douchebag. Douchebag. I've turned him on to your program, man. He's yet to donate. <laughs> then give him and me some karma because I've seen it misplaced mine. <laughs> you guys are awesome. And make me feel a little more sane when you go off about the news and other BS that's constantly waved in our faces. <laughs> I don't know how much you can request with just 50 bucks, but if I could get a Hillary Clippity Club to the combo, I promise I'll make more stoned and or drunk donations in the future and will continue to propagate the formula. <laughs> it's clippity clock. The message is clear. Just clippity clock. <laughs> You've got karma. Dude, <coughs> sounds like you got some practice, man. Hey! Hey! Wait! Sean Penn calling for you, man. <laughs> he's, he's doing, Alan B. He's doing Fast Times at Ridgemont High. The remake. He wants you. That's, to that's you're a, in, dude. You're <laughs> in. I can play his dad. Sir Alan Bean, Oakland, California. Fifty bucks. He's the one who got me the uh, wherever they went. The uh, there they are. The clippity cloppers. The coconut shells. Well, the, oh. thank you, gentlemen. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Do the clippity clop again. Shoot, I messed it up. Well, I've been waiting, I've been waiting the whole show to do this, and I can't believe I messed it up. Let me try it again. <laughs> <laughs> the whole show I waited, and then I yeah, messed it up. Blew it. I yeah, totally blew it. Ugh. Yeah, you should have practiced a couple of times. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I blew that. Anyway, Sir Allen says, uh, thank you for the show's continue to be very good, and uh, thanks, says I'm welcome for the, the those things. Uh Coconuts, they're what they are. Bettendorf, Iowa, Mike Burns, Bernstein, $50. And finally, Paul Vela, Sir Paul Vela to you in Towchester, Northamptonshire, uh, $50. Thank you all very much for continuing to keep this show alive. And we look forward to doing show 412 for you shortly. Yeah, this was, uh, this was actually uh, very nice. Um, I, I even liked, uh, I saw we got one $4.11 donation, and I'm not laughing at it. I think it's fantastic that people are doing that. We got some 4110s. 
And, uh, you know, I can't say anything other than please keep this going because then we'll keep going. You can tell that a lot of work uh, goes into it. Uh, I really hope I don't have to do other shows to uh, receive appreciation because uh, I think that uh, you can get everything you need right here. And I have one guy that we should mention, Sean Pyle. Coming in with it, we should basically get nothing when somebody donates a buck ninety nine. But he put in a buck ninety nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven times with F the slide whistle. Mm. He's trying to. You can't stuff the ballot box, Sean. <laughs> I did want to mention uh, Susan, Susan and Zach. I'm sorry, Sarah and Zach. Uh, we have our own little company, Yendra Built with a Y. Zach, Carl, and I are collaborative design and fabrication. We have a collaborative design and fabrication studio in Fort Collins, Colorado. We focus on function, reclaim materials, American craftsmanship, and building apocalypse-proof furniture and installations. We also sometimes build sweet shit like keg-carrying tricycles, zombie gates, and growler holders for mountain bikes. We're actually pretty effing cool. Uh, we'd love to donate, but we have no money. So uh, we'll uh, donate 10% of uh, anything that people buy from us uh, to the cause, to the show. And uh, Well, they make one heck of a metal bar stool. That's I know. really cool. They have some very awesome things. So uh, oh, they on Facebook, is that? And she even says, oh, I know it's lame. We hate it too, but it works for stuff like this. Facebook.com slash pages slash Yendra Built. Yankee Echo November Delta Romeo Alpha Bravo Uniform India. Lima Tango. So we appreciate that. I you know Miss Mickey was actually looking at some stuff. She's like, yeah, this is some good stuff. Yeah, for the for the uh crazy place you're gonna build, hopefully. Yeah. By the way, I was a little disappointed in the four dollar and eleven cent one guy, Tim Ratter in Calgary. Well, I I'm happy he did it. I thought it was a good gimmick, but yeah, no, no. Nobody eh. Well maybe nobody maybe this it. will help. I have a one liner, John, that has to be in before twelve thirty today. Hit it. Okay, it's um, for Shriners Hospitals for Children. Okay, it's an audition. Specs male and female, 35 to 45. The read needs to get our heart without pleading. <laughs> okay. Right. It's for donations. Here, I'll, I'll tell you the line. Donations from people like you have changed the lives of nearly a million children. Send your love to the rescue. Donate today. It, these are professionals, by the way. We should we should take note. So that's the read, and it has to be the read needs to get our heart without pleading. So what's my motivation for this audition? Stoner, Your motivation stoner is to be dude. robotic. Be robotic. Do the stoner dude. <laughs> yeah, do the stoner. Yeah, do the stoner dude. Donations from people like you have changed the lives of nearly a million children. Send your love to the rescue. Donate today, dudes. See, that's not bad. <laughs> July not really, that's more surfer and less stoner. Okay, uh, stoner. Okay. Donations uh, from people like you have changed the lives of nearly a million children. Send your love to the rescue and donate today. No, I didn't like that like one. It sounds more like Barry White is a stoner. Do you think? I, so you think I should be more robotic? Is that what you think? I was thinking that, yeah. But do I do it with a heavy voice or... Yeah, the, big, the deep one. The right. deep one. <clears throat> Donations from people like you have changed the lives of nearly a million children. Send your love to the rescue. Donate today. I like that one. Yeah, you like that one. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll send them a couple. Yeah, send them yeah. a couple. Good luck. 
All right. Uh, unless you want to hear more of that, I suggest you go to Dvorak.org slash N-A and help us out for show 412. Can we Coming tie up. that to anything? 412? Is there any... 412, 412. 412. It's probably 412. a police code of some sort. No. Well, we're going to have uh, uh, Palindrome 414 coming up. That's good. That's always good. Yeah, well, maybe next week's newsletter we'll discuss something about 414. There's some interesting stuff that JC put in the uh, box here about 411. Some factoids. Yeah, you really? You thought those were interesting? I didn't think so. Okay. okay. <laughs> <clears throat> it's your birthday, birthday. for you. David Rosa congratulates himself celebrating today. Tease Arnson says hi to his daughter Lola. She turns nine today and he himself uh, celebrated on the 22nd. Happy birthday. Cheap Indian Bastard turns 40. Happy birthday, Cheap Indian Bastard. And his son, nine years old. Happy birthday here from your buddies at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday. And one knighthood, of course. We have uh, Thomas, who uh, came in with an instant knighthood, which is fantastic. We'd love it if you could. Uh, hey, uh, can you be like Lucifer and draw the sword from the stone there, John? Here you, it comes. It's uh, in the stone now. Stalibur, yes. Thomas Pulliard, step forward, sir. We are so pleased. Yay. We are delighted to welcome you to the roundtable. Thank you so much for your support of the program and our value for value, valiant value for value effort. We hereby are able to pronounce thee the one and only Sir Thomas Pollard, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Come on over, Sir Thomas. We got some hookers and blow, rent boys and Chardonnay, hookers and, I mean, uh, wenches and beer and hot pants and booze, all for you. And uh, know that your donation keeps us going. We'll be here on the show on Sunday. Love it. These facts about 411 are lame. <laughs> yeah, I told you. The Bristol 411 was a sports salon class automobile. Yeah, I love the last one. It's an odd number. All right. <laughs> Did you promise him like an extra dollar or something? No, he just threw that in. He's hmm. trying to help. The um, the United Federation of Teachers has sent out a weird note uh, to teachers and guidance counselors. Now, this is a big union, I guess, the United Federation of Teachers. Yes, the big one. Michael Mulgrew is the president. Unless the American <coughs> Federation of Teachers may be in it. I don't know which the biggest one is. So Pete the Teach um, said, Hey, Adam, just want to share this with you guys. This forwarded message from UFT about cyberbullying. It includes a survey which we are encouraged to give to New York City school students from third grade up and contains some weird questions like asking kids to choose which kind of law they would write if they were in power. This is about bullying laws, i.e., how do we kill free speech? Would you like to hear the president's uh, note that he sends out? Of course. Dear teachers and guidance counselors. This is you, John. You're a homeschooler. You're a teacher and a guidance counselor. Oh, you don't, you're done, right? Jay's off to college, so it's done. Yeah, she's off to college, pretty much straight A's and yeah, of course, whatever. Of course. It's brilliant. That's because you didn't, you know, she didn't have to be brainwashed the whole time. Mm-hmm. Although she still gets her her share of brainwashing, it has to be de, de- brainwashed every so. <laughs> and how do you do that? Do you hold her upside down and shake her? No, we all yell at her. <laughs> <laughs> a dear teacher and guidance counselors, we all know that bullying is a scourge. How do you pronounce that? Scourge. A scourge. Scourge. What a great word. Scourge. What does that mean exactly? It means it's a, it's a plague upon a the land. Scourge. 
Bullying is a scourge in our schools that educators must confront effectively. Bullying hurts the atmosphere of an entire school and disrupts the learning environment. Both kids who are bullied and kids who bully face significant health and academic risks as a result. Kids who are bullied have lower GPAs and test scores and are more likely to drop out of school. It's a fact the science is in. They are more prone to depression, anxiety, suicidal inclinations, and physical health problems. Those who bully others, meanwhile, are also more likely to drop out of school, and they face higher risks of developing substance abuse problems, becoming domestic abusers, and ending up with a criminal record. Science! Science! Is this all proven fact that you know of, John? I never heard of it before. It's funny, though. With the advent of the... I'm liking it. With the advent of the internets and social networks... Bullying has migrated to cyberspace. To get a handle on the scope of the problem and its repercussions on our students, we are sending you the New York Cyber Bully Census, a 12-question survey for students in grade, grades 3 to 12 across New York State that is designed to gauge their attitude and experience with cyberbullying. I thought they already knew. They already have all the results. What more do they need to know? The survey is voluntary and anonymous to send so students can answer the questions honestly and without fear of embarrassment. Since the survey's inception, more than 4,000 respondents have been res- responses have been received. Uh, data- Self selecting survey invalid. I'm sorry? Self selecting survey, it's invalid. It's like if we do a survey and say, hey, if you feel like a, the, the slide whistle survey is invalid, it's not a real survey. People are putting a seven or a nine on the end of their donations. That's their, they're just part of. It could be like the, we saw the one guy tried to stuff the ballot box. That's the problem with these sorts of kind okay. of casual surveys. But I don't even see why he needs the whole survey because, you know, anyway. Uh, the data gathering initiative, the first of its kind in the state, should provide a fuller, fuller picture of cyberbullying in New York State. We hope that the survey results will not only lead to responsible protections being enacted to help children who are victims of cyberbullying, but will also allow educators, parents, and elected officials to get a better sense of what children need to make them feel safe in this Internet age. I think they wow. should get it. I got an idea. They should have a, like a, a chain that they wear around their necks with a big sign that says, I'm protected <laughs> by the state. Do not bully me. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, and that'll work. Let no me, one will bully a kid walking around with a sign like that. I am that. protected by the state. Let me see. Let me just look at this survey. Cyberbullying is, A, when some students bully another student on the Internet, when you send mean text messages or pics to another student. When Ooh, you, a mean text message. <laughs> you're a bully. Like, you, you suck. When you call another student names online, when you use a student's cell phone to get them into trouble, or when you pretend to be another student online. Oh, wow. And then yeah, there's also open. What else What, uh, what else is cyberbullying? Have you ever been cyberbullied? If you've been cyberbullied, you report to anyone. If you didn't report it, why didn't you report it? How often do you think cyberbullying happens? All the time. Okay. If you could write a law about cyberbullying, what, oh, here we go. what would it provide? Select all that apply. A, cyberbullying would be illegal. I think I'll check that one. Schools would have to help students who were cyberbullied. Yes, of course. There would be a cyberbullying police squad to investigate cyberbullying. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. This is going to be so good. Schools would have to teach students about cyberbullying. School would teach parents how to help their children who are cyberbullied. There would be a youth helpline where students could go to get help. 
and they would have to hold conferences of young people to help solve the problem. I think cyberbullying police squad is the way to go. What do you think? I think that. I think it should be a TV show. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate that, Pete the Teach. That's cool. We we need we need hey. more of this stuff. Hey, so there's a show. Somebody sent uh, one of our. Whoa. I just lost. There's a show that's kind of like ours. Mm-hmm. Oh, Although not, I, not I at all. It. It's, it's not, not kind of like ours at all. It's not at all, all it's more like, like ours. The, the Art Bell show from years ago, and it's or more like the second half of our show used to be more like, even though we don't do so much, called uh, the MysteriousUniverse.org. And I actually enjoyed the show. It's very inter- It's something I could listen to. And there's dude, a lot of good anecdotes. There's two guys like us, so they do have guests once once in a while. But this is the kind of stuff they talk about. They're they're doing an excerpt from a book here. I've got a clip, an excerpt from a book of some author is going to come on the show the next next week. And I just thought this was a good story. Uh, could you tell me what the clip is? Yes, naked green humanoid mysteriousuniverse.org. <laughs> story from Monsters of Wisconsin has the headline: "It's not easy being green humanoids." Godfrey writes, it is usually not a great idea to pick up hitchhikers in this day and age. In the carefree 1970s, however, thumbing it was much more common, especially in areas around universities. Four UW Whitewater students, all women, were returning to the campus after driving to a Milwaukee suburb to visit a sick friend when they all spied a figure standing near the roadside. The figure was in a classic hitchhiker pose, but it wasn't a classic hitchhiker. The girls didn't even discuss picking him up. Instead, they each simultaneously hit the manual door locks. It wasn't just that they had had about half their drive still to go. It was the fact that the hitchhiker was naked and green. He was also bald, shorter than the average human, and had big eyes that stared at them as their car passed by. One of the students twisted around to see what the green humanoid would do and was shocked to see it successfully flag down another car and climb in. Who pulls over for a naked green humanoid? Alien, possibly. Right. Oh, that's hilarious. John, so, uh, the show is no good. I listened to the first 15 you minutes don't like of the, the show. show? No. I mean, oh, I like the show. I found it tedious. Oh, you don't like the show because you think there's a put on. No. It's just, it wasn't entertaining. It's hard to do what we do. No, I know. I'm, I said it's not our show, but it's not that every show in the world has to be what we do. No, but all right. you didn't think it was good. No, I mean I I know all the stories. You know, it's like uh, there was nothing okay, new. Well, there was nothing. Okay, new. I, I, that's one for. I mean, the one Green Hitchhiker. It's a classic. Down. It's a Green Hitchhiker classic story. We know the Green Hitchhiker. And by the way, they go on and on about the, apparently this Green Hitchhiker guy, whoever it was, was in that town floating around all for weeks. Yeah. All right. That's beautiful. Let's get back to some real information, shall we? So the elites have decided uh, the way to save the euro is to have dinner. And they had dinner last night. There is so much going on right now in, uh, in Europe because we are on the real precipice of destruction. In fact, uh, I've got a couple things here. I've got uh, first a report uh, of how the elites are perceived, and this is in Italy. Now, I don't are the Italians known for uprising? Do they get angry? Do they go? Have they? Do they have any history of killing their uh, leaders and elites? They did that to Mussolini. They hung him up by his legs and bled him. Ah, okay. Well, here's what's in store then for Mario Monti. This is the technocrat uh, 
big banking shill who was brought in after uh, the Bunga Bunga parties by Berlusconi. And he went to visit the earthquake zone. Uh, you know, they had an earthquake. A couple people died. But a lot of people are uh, in tents. And here's what happened when he showed up. He came to show solidarity with Italy's earthquake victims, but not everyone in the disaster zone was happy to see the Prime Minister. Thieves, shame on you, they cried, stay at home. Mario Monti's austerity drive triggered their anger. Some in Sant'Agostino think tax rises, like the quake, have caused devastation. Monti came, looked at two tents, went round the camp so he wouldn't ruin his nice shoes, and then went away. He'll have a nice lunch in some nice restaurant while we're here and didn't hear a thing, not even a greeting, a thank you. This is the Italian government. Do you think anything has changed for me? Look at me. Do you think something's changed? I went to the factory this morning to ask about my job. They said that maybe I have to stay at home for 13 weeks. Do you know what that means? To pay rent and keep a family. Has anything changed for him? He's going home with his suit. We stay here. A state of natural catastrophe has been declared, which should accelerate aid for victims. Monty raised the possibility of suspending taxes for those affected by Sunday's six-magnitude quake, which killed seven people. With much of its cultural heritage in ruins, the northern Emilia-Romagna region has also been damaged economically. Business leaders say 200 firms in the rich industrial and agricultural area have been hit hard, depriving at least 2,000 people of work in the week. Ahead. So, uh, not liking Monty there. Go home with uh, your suit. Sounds like they don't like Monty. Go home with your suit. So, uh, suit. <laughs> go home with your suit. You should check out. This is a brilliant video. There's there's no audio that's uh, that's worth playing. But go to uh, Merkel dot uh, Merkel dot Curry dot com. M e r k e l dot Curry dot com. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I'm typing. So this is a Dutch website. Look at the video. Here's An- Angela Merkel. And she's pointing to what she thinks is Berlin on this map. And the two teachers next to her are like, ah, oh, no, 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 it's, it's down here. <laughs> she's like pointing to Russia, showing where Berlin is. You got to see that this is from some German, uh, let me see, I got some audio here. <laughs> she's pointing to Berlin and, and the teacher goes, no, no, it's down here. <laughs> She's such an idiot. She's an oaf. She is an oaf. She's Shrek. Where's she pointing at? It's <laughs> nowhere near there. She's pointing to Russia. She said, this is where Berlin yeah, it's is. It's Lithuania or something. It's not even in the same country. <laughs> She's fantastic. <laughs> oh, this is the people who are making decisions about the death of Europe. Here's a Haiku Herman um, right after the dinner, or maybe right before the dinner. I just got to make fun of this guy. This is the tree of gross, the three pillars of gross, John. Can you say it with me? The three pillars of gross. The three pillars of gross. Dro- no, gross. Gross. The three pillars of gross. The three pillars no, tree. of gross. Tree. 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 Short term, we will structure our work around the following three pillars. <laughs> three pillars. First, we need to mobilize EU policies to fully support gross. Uh-huh. Second, we need to step up our efforts to finance the economy through investments. That's we're going to take money from other countries. And thirdly, we need to strengthen job creation. So there is a broad range of real instruments at our disposal, but it's too soon. 
to say at this stage in what framework we will work. In any case, we will agree in June on the main building block. It's June now, John. It's June. We've moved it to June. a monetary and economic union and on the working method. We want Greece to remain in the euro area while respecting its commitments. So I think he's saying something very interesting here. He's saying not in the eurozone. He says he wants Greece to be in the euro area. So he doesn't want the Greek people to move to Africa. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not buying that completely. Why did he, he say? He, he, I know. I'm. I'm trying to figure out why he'd say that. I mean, Euro unless area. you're trying to come up with a two-tier system in the background to create a eurozone with solid, because they've thought, talk, talked about this before about having the top eurozone guys, and that's one group, and then you have a secondary group that's off to the side that are still in a euro area, but they're not in the eurozone technically because they're they're leaving the eurozone, according to everybody who's been following this. Yeah, I mean, even the Germans are prepared for it. Everybody's ready. It's going to cost a trillion euros to uh, to prop it up. The Dutch, by the way, wow, finally the, the Dutch are starting to wake up and they're saying, hey, hold on a second. The cabinet uh, effectively said, yeah, we're going to ratify that uh, European stability mechanism. Yeah, it's 40 billion euros, but at least it's less. It's half of what it used to be. It used to be 98, and now it's only 40 billion so the Dutch are starting to get angry, the, the Dutch people. Of course, there's no cabinet. You know, they have their snap elections in September, yet they're making all these decisions with, uh, with a parliament that has no actual right to make decisions of this import. So the Dutch are waking up. We'll see if they get angry. They typically don't. Dutch people don't. You know, they keep it behind closed doors. In the UK, though, uh, Nigel Farage's uh, fellow party member, Godfrey Bloom, had quite a blow up in European Parliament, which, of course, is always hilarious to listen to, about the financial transaction tax. And this is uh, one of the ways that... This is unbelievable. Yeah, why don't you explain what the financial transaction tax is? Uh, This has been discussed in a number of venues, including ours, uh, which would just completely destroy the stock market. The idea is is that there would be a transaction... Every time you bought and sold a stock, there would be a a secondary tax that would go to the government of a nickel, a penny, a a, a point point zero zero something. It's done. It's not a lot. It's not like they're right. But if you're doing if you're doing high frequency, then it yeah the problem. Go ahead. The problem is is that uh, this chain you can't do flash trading anymore. You can't do uh, you know buy and sell a million shares and then sell them. Now buy a million, sell a million, buy a million, sell a million, and which actually helps prop up some of these stocks. Right. Because you'd go broke. You can't do serious. Uh, you, the way the market works today, it's a, there's a lot of flash trading that goes on. There's a lot of computerized trading that goes on. It just goes on. And, and to, to, to implement one of these, this little tax would end that and it would end the market because the market, you know, the market is what it is. So he got pretty angry about this. And then uh, some other Euro parliamentarian, also from the UK, I don't remember her name, but she's from a different party. Uh, she stood up and she yells at him, literally yells at him, and then he yells back. I always love it when they do this. This is this is more the way it should be done in the European Union. Please. Well, uh, an FTT tax uh, sounds like a really good idea, doesn't it? It plays well politically. And we can hit those greedy bankers who we all hate, 
in public, while we shovel money into their pockets in private, but I don't think it's going to quite work out that way. All taxes are passed on to customers at the end of the day. Sorry, everybody, that's just how it works. So again, it'll be the little people that pick up the tab. It'll be savers, it'll be pensioners, and ordinary folk that pick up this tax, not the greedy fat cat bankers that you're trying to get at. And it's interesting, is it not also, if you look in the small print, they're saying some of the money raised can actually go towards perhaps sailing, saving future failed banks. So we know, we concede, do we not, that more banks are going to fail. <laughs> oh, we know this because we have the same ridiculous fractional reserve banking system, the same crooked money printing, criminal behaviour at the central banks, and so on and so forth. So nothing's changed. Another strong signal to bankers and politicians to continue the theft. But beware those who think taxing London is a risk-free game. And we mean London, don't we? Other EU countries, when it comes to financial services, are Mickey Mouse. <laughs> financial services are 14% of UK GDP. The UK contributes £50 million a day to this crumbling institution. Don't kill the goose that lays your golden eggs. Zurich, Geneva, New York and Hong Kong are licking their lips, wondering what piece of glorious stupidity we will come up with next. And an FTT is a special tax. What next? A special tax on sunshine holidays in Spain? High fashion in Paris? Luxury cars in Germany? Mobile phones in Finland, and special, perhaps justifiable tax on dreadful flat pack furniture from Sweden. It's coming up your street next. The greedy bureaucrats just want your money. So I like that. I think he's saying the right uh, thing. Thank you. Yeah. And then he gets a blue Mr. card. A blue card question. There are two. Oh, I thought it was somebody held up a blue, blue card and they threw him out. No. You. One from Ms. Ford and one from Mr. Manka. Yeah, would you mind card. taking the blue card question, blue, sir? Would you like a blue card question? Right. Yes. Here she comes. Jolly good. Jolly good. Okay, first of all then, Mrs. Ford. Mr. Bloom, you say you're very concerned about the FTT, so am I. Could you explain why you failed to, to turn up in your committee when this was first voted on for votes, the vote went 22 to 22, and you were not in the room. You could have stopped it. <laughs> so uh, he comes back with his little retort. Unfortunately, his mic isn't on when he's really yelling. You transferred the British Conservative Party, the regulation of the City of London, to this place, and you fiddle about in your silly little committees, having betrayed my country. You scoundrel! <laughs> you scoundrel, you! You are a scoundrel, I say. I love it. <laughs> They're fighting. And then uh, Nigel Farage... Uh, you want to hear Nigel? Don't you always love hearing yeah, Nigel? Yeah, you, why do you keep asking me if I want to hear Nigel Farage? You do this on purpose. Because you know I want to hear Nigel Farage. I would be putting my own Nigel Farage clips in, but you're doing a better job than I will. President, we're in the midst of an economic and increasingly humanitarian crisis, and yet 
Commission President Barroso is not here. Indeed, Herman Van Rompuy is not here either. And they're having dinner. Not that it really matters, because they're not prepared to listen to any debate or any argument. They're intent on pursuing their political dream of a United States of Europe. They're prepared to commit economic suicide for an entire continent. And tomorrow night, Mr. Van Rompuy has called yet another summit at which he's going to present a strategy for growth and jobs. Elected MEPs, representatives of the people of Europe, from left and right, we've heard it all before. Remember, the euro itself was supposed to create growth and jobs, and yet it is actively destroying both of those things. The remedy we're being offered is more of the same. I would suggest that the medicine is killing the patient, and to increase the dosage is madness. And don't listen to those who will tell you that the only alternative is for Greece to stay in the euro. Everyone's pushing this. David Cameron, all the other leaders are saying we must keep Greece in the euro. If she leaves, the sky will fall in. It won't. There will be a few difficult weeks, and then things will settle down. There'll be a boom in tourism. Investment will start to come back into Greece. Innovation will start to come back into Greece as people start making products to beat expensive imports. Indeed, Greece outside of the Eurozone may well provide to be an, an inspiration for Spain, for Portugal and many other countries. We need to recognise that a terrible mistake has been made. We must resolve to put it right. We've got to give people hope because out there now is absolute despair. We all remember Dimitris Christoulis, the 77-year-old former pharmacist who shot himself dead outside the Greek parliament. But he is just one of a growing humanitarian disaster. Huge increases in suicides in Italy, in Greece, particularly from people running small businesses who cannot see a way out of the problem. Children being left in increasing numbers outside the doors of churches because they can't afford to feed them. Our leaders are too callous to listen and care. You can do something about this. You can rise up and say, and I know in my conversations with you that many of you agree with me that I'm right. We've got to break up the euro. We've got to restore democracy. We've got to restore human dignity. We must ignore Messrs Barroso and Van Rompuy. They have been proved to be wrong. We must provide people with hope. Good luck with that, Nigel. When is this guy going to, when are they going to shoot him? Well, they tried the airplane thing. That didn't work. Yeah, I know. That didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when are the Europeans going to get really angry? When are people just going to get so... I think they are angry, but we're not getting much reports. The reporting is bad. Yeah. I think there's a lot of action going on that we're just... Not seeing. Well, but it's not being reported by our producers that much either. I mean, I get a lot of good clips from people, like stuff here. Um... But it's well, just maybe they not, get on this. I'll, I'll get a hold and see what Garcia's got to tell us. About Spain, Spain, yeah, Spain would be interesting. And Spain, by the way, I found out they didn't actually have any deficit. Their problem is the banks. They have a banking crisis. But they were, they yeah, were positive. based on the housing crisis, actually. It's very similar to ours. Oh, okay. Um, so I was in international news. Obama had this big meeting, this, you know, the, the, the summit meeting and uh, whatever it is in Chicago, the G20, I guess. G- and yeah. what was the NATO. deal? He NATO. apparently really hates uh, the president of uh, Pakistan because he's tor- tortured him, uh, literally, in this 
Play this clip, Obama being rude, and tell me what happened was not torturing someone. President Obama warmly shook the hands of a host of world leaders, but he pointedly made Pakistan's president wait a while. He initially had to make do with Hillary Clinton. Hmm. So he stuck her with Hillary, or him with Hillary. Yeah. Well, because he's droning people over there. They got a problem. You know, the, the guy's like, hey, don't drone my people. He's like, hey, we got a pipeline to lay here. We got to drone some people. Yeah, but don't drone my people. Yeah, but screw you. They just droned 10 more people in Pakistan after he didn't shake his hand. And guess so, where? Where? Waziristan. Oh. Mm-hmm. Pipeline but, city. But they've got the deal on the other side, if you look at uh, Pakistan. Waziristan is, uh, I'm sorry, if you look at Afghanistan. Waziristan is right there at the border. That's where the pipeline has to come in because we own Afghanistan. But Turkmenistan just signed the, the, the deal, the, the pipeline deal with India and Pakistan to run the pipeline through uh, Afghanistan. So All those crazy don't isn't one of those little crazy little countries up there uh Azerbaijan perhaps having the Eurovision contest. Where isn't it isn't it tonight? Yeah, I think no Saturday. Saturday Eurovision night. 2012. Let's see. What I think it's Saturday night. Baku. Baku. Baku what? Baku, that's where it's being held. Baku. It's not a it's Baku. I thought it was a city in one of those places. Well, I'm just I'm waiting for the book of knowledge to come through. Uh, it's not happening. Eurovision. Waiting for Eurovision.tv. Here it comes. Come on. What empty page? Do you get anything on Eurovision.tv? Uh, what's that? <laughs> it doesn't even. It's broken. Their page doesn't even work. Well, that's not good. That's awesome. <laughs> How can we vote? Well, let me go back to the book of knowledge. Uh, maybe if I go to the... No, it's just a blank page. Yeah. But that if you go to the book of knowledge, that's the one. Wow, huh. this, they're, this is seriously broken. They've already been hacked by Anonymous. And when you type in Eurovision.com, it jumps to .tv. Yeah. Maybe I can get the... Wow. Maybe it's because they won't let it go into the USA. That's what I would guess. Really? That makes no yeah. sense. Let me see. Uh, what does the Book of Knowledge have? When is it being broadcast? And let's see where from. Uh, 57th annual Baku, Azerbaijan. You're right. Azerbaijan. Um, who's in it this year? Who cares? <laughs> okay. You know we always play the winner, though. We love no, playing the winner. No, we don't. <laughs> We love playing the winner. We, the we, win, white man. The, the winner is The winner is awesome. Come on. So I do have kind of a crack potty thing. Um, and this, this, uh, you know, you've probably seen the articles about people saying that the Situation Room picture was photoshopped, that Obama was photoshopped in. I've heard that, yeah. So there's an, <laughs> another picture. <laughs> Which, uh, and they get this, they get these pictures right off of the White House Flickr feed, apparently. And and it's on AmericanThinker.com. And uh, the link's in the show notes under scampaign uh, 411.nashownotes.com. And I have to say, they really got something here where they photoshopped Obama's head onto his, under this big body, but he looks kind of like that shrunken head guy from Beetlejuice. You know which one I mean? <laughs> it's really funny. And, uh, and you know, and, but there's, it's obvious there's like legs sticking out under his arm. It's like the whole thing. I have to say, I think these guys might be on to something with this. 
chunk of his ear is missing. They're really doing a quite a. You know, they're looking at reflections that don't match. I mean, this is better than the moon landing stuff in my book. It's really, really good. You got well, the page. Send me a link. Or put, where is it going to be on a campaign? I'll look it up. Yeah, under campaign. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's. I mean, this is. It's worthy of following, and I think we should really, you know, we should keep looking at those, uh, at those Flickr pictures that come out. Okay, I, 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 would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on my follow list. I wouldn't put, so, it, I wouldn't put it past them. So you know, the the last show you're talking about how the ludicrous commentary about gays being, you know, uh, kind of shooed away from the media and all that kind of stuff, and you pointed out that uh, that American Family, what's the name of that show? Family, whatever the heck it is, American Family. American family is just gay yeah. and, the, and everything's just, it's just the opposite of anything. And I have to say, it's actually more than gay. If you play this pathetic ABC teaser that pr- promotes the final episode. Wednesday, it's the season finale of TV's best comedy. Good news. And this one really delivers. I kept it as long as I could. We're having a ABC's Modern Family season finale, Wednesday, 9, 8 central on ABC. If that doesn't prove that America is extremely pro-gay and very cool, I don't know why, you know, we're, we're cool that way. And we just get a bad rap, and I don't know why, they, well, it's just a misuse, I guess. But, you know, so far, so good. We got a ways to go, but, yeah, that's pretty. We need more lesbian, though. They never do lesbians right. You know yeah, what I mean? We no, had the no, L word no. and stuff, but that way, it wasn't good. No, it wasn't entertaining. No. That was the problem. Modern Family is very entertaining. I find it tedious. Well, Mickey I watches like, it. I like dramas. Have you seen the new Betty White show? Now, that's an interesting show, and I only caught it for the first time yesterday. No, is that the one where she punks old people, or what was that? Yeah, no, it's old people. A bunch <laughs> of old people, old actresses and actors, actually. Yeah. And they go out into the street, and they punk kids. Oh, they... Oh. <laughs> like they had, there's one and the, and the, the two old ladies come around this guy who's eating, a, he's out in Venice beach, just sitting there minding his own business. And she says, Hey, you're kind of hot. And then they go back and forth. And this guy's like kind of embarrassed. She said, and she says, it, it leads up to her saying, you want to do a threesome? It's like these two really old ladies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she said, you never had like a senior citizen sandwich. <laughs> and and just the guy doesn't know what to do. John, what it- Really? I'm starting to get worried about you. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little concerning. It's very funny. Uh, I'm still waiting for some news it's on... basically camera, candid camera. Yeah, well, you know, everything is the same. We've got talent shows, candid... It's all the same thing. No, it's all it's old all stuff. We haven't had a new... Uh, where is... This is your life and Queen for a Day. That's what I'm waiting for. We could probably do a remake of something like that and be very successful with it. Well, this is your life was always the most humiliating show. Yeah, and but and I don't even know why it went off the air, but it, it needs to be brought to modern, uh, you know, the modern kind of production value. Yeah, so I mean, that's we, what's happened with the with American Idol. It's essentially Ted Max Amateur Hour taken to the extreme. I know how to do it. I know how to do it. It's so obvious. So yeah, the way it was is. Um, it would get sprung upon you, right? You'd be somewhere. And yeah, like, you'd be in the audience of some other show, or you know, which was bogus. You know, some show they were doing some phony show. Or in a restaurant would, or somewhere else. And then the, who was the host of This Is Your Life? Who was that? Edwards. Something Edwards. John, John Edwards? Edwards. Not John. That's the other guy. Does somebody, I think it was someone Edwards. So I can uh-huh. look it up. All right. Keep going. 
I'll anyway, look it so up. they 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 dropped the bomb on you and said, "This is your life." And then every and then all of, and then you have to go up and sit in a big chair, a Ralph Edwards. And then they would humiliate you with right. stories about you when a kid. Your mom would come out and tell some anecdote about you being an idiot and falling off the tree or something. And then your girl girlfriends would show up and your buddies, and it would just be one thing after another. And it was very funny. I have a great way to do this. So first of all, let's see if we can get a mm, the opening. Hey, well, Ralph Edwards did this. Ralph Edwards. That's Ralph it. Edwards. Yeah. From 1952 to 1961, it had a nine-year run, which isn't too bad. Let's see what is this? Uh, the BGs. This is your life, really. But it's how they trick people that's really good. All right, so the Bee Gees are in the studio, and then Ralph Edwards comes in and says, "This is your life," and then you have to go on the freaking show. So yeah. here's how it works. You nominate someone to be on the, the we got to have a better name. This is your life. This is your cyber life, we'll call it. And you steal the person's Facebook password. <laughs> oh, jeez. And we go in, and then, it's, think about how genius this is. You can invite all these douchebag friends, right? It'd be very embarrassing, because, of course, you know, no one knows that you've been friending and sexting with some high school sweetheart and, like, chatting her up. You get her. Uh, and then you get all the pictures, all the stupid pictures that people put on Facebook thinking they're private. This is a great show, John. I, I, I would I, watch it, but I would, it's never going to, that show can't be produced. Never say be, never. You'd get sued the first show and you'd be spending all your time in court. All right. I don't know how you could do it. The other one was, which was, I think also, it was Ralph Edwards or somebody like him. It was a show called Queen for a Day. And they'd find these pathetic people. <laughs> that were just down and out, basically, and they they would put him in, the, you know, surprise him the same way, same basic formula, surprise him, hello, and then they put him in a chair that she'd be queen for a day, and she knew what the show was, everybody did, and she'd start screaming at the top of her lungs and shaking like a leaf, and then they would start bringing out gifts. I think you a, know. here's the modern version, queen for a day. So you're sitting there, John, and we come out and say, you're queen for a day. We put an orange ball in your mouth, and then three dudes in leather come out. Yeah. <laughs> be a sub for a day. All right. So uh, you got an end that, of, you got an end that of show. That would be another me. lawsuit waiting to happen. The way you, your, your ideas are just essentially uh, lit, litigious. I like my Facebook idea. I think, that, I think we can really do something with that. No. Why not? I think you got to model it after the original show. You can't make it a cyber show because that's it's against the law. I believe what you're describing. People won't care. All right, wind me up with something uplifting, and then we got your end of show clip about uh, what was it about again? It's about the uh, neo uh, aristocrats uh, deciding to kill everybody. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, that. <laughs> I forgot. Oh yeah, the killing of people, right? Forced that's a, sterilization of that's uh, usually, everybody. That's usually how we end up. But give me something else. You got all kinds of stuff here still. What is all this stuff? Well, I'm have to reload it. Okay, we got the uh, end of show. We got that. Good morning, America. We've got that. We got, all these have been done. Oh, this is kind of interesting. So some idiots. Oh wait, let's skip this one. The one that's more interesting is live. Do you? I think this is going to be a big deal. Live and it's called live streamers. And they're being referred to as live streamers. Also been accused. Do I, do I play? There's well, more no, setup? Give, give me one more little second here. All right, all right. So the live streamers are guys who are just, and you know these guys. We actually know some of these people personally. They're people who have gotten carried away 
with you know getting uh, their phone hooked to the internet to a U.S. stream. Oh, or, Scoble. Uh, Scoble. Scoble. Well, yeah. he doesn't do as much. He does a lot of live, not to yeah. mention it. Google but Hangouts. Scoble's the model for this. They're just filming everything, and it's driving the police crazy. And this would happened up at the G20 also been accused of targeting independent media activists who have been streaming the protests live over the internet. On Saturday night, police detained three live streamers at gunpoint. Luke <laughs> Rikowski of WeAreChange.org described what happened. A large number of police vehicles, undercover vehicles, CPD vehicles, three white shirt lieutenants uh, pulled up right in front of us. Guns were drawn, uh, screaming at us to get our hands up. We're being raided right now. For those that are watching, we are being raided by the CPD as we speak. I immediately took my hands out, but with a cell phone in one hand. I was recording the whole thing on Ustream with officers coming up to us with guns pointed, and they were screaming, it's just a cell phone, don't shoot. They repeated that about five times. Uh, they took my cell phone, threw it on the roof, took us out of the car, put us in handcuffs, asked, them some asked us some questions, took down all of our information, started banging our hard drives, our camera equipment, our batteries. Uh, I think one of our uh, hard drives may be uh, destroyed from the banging that the officers did to it. Uh, I was talking to one of the lieutenants, and he said, we're just looking for a vehicle that's similar to this. We drive uh, 99 Lexus with New Mexico plates. I don't think there's many New Mexico plates here in Chicago, especially matching that description of that vehicle. Uh, and when he said that, he looked down when I was making eye contact and started laughing. Yeah, I, I think this is a very good development. I think the streaming stuff is good. I think uh, I, have a, a, I have two things set up on my phone. I have a recorder, which uh, I can turn on just audio, and it'll record even when the screen is locked. Yeah, uh, I have that too. Yeah, that's I, and you know I'll have very I'll handy, especially yeah. in negotiations, <laughs> especially with blackmailing as we do. Um, and I think the streaming thing is good because it's basically recorded on a remote server. The problem is uh, we've got a, we need basically a no agenda streaming service so that it can be recorded not in a place where the cops can go subpoena it easily. You know, because if, if if they subpoena a, a U.S. stream. Uh, yeah, it'll be a gone. Stream, in like, a U stream is what it's called. U stream. Yeah, you know, it'll be gone in seconds. They'll just delete that stuff. Yeah, we need some overseas uh, server that you know is is harder to get. Yeah, they to. arrested thirty nine thousand people in Chicago. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> no, it's not. Why did they even do this? You know what it was? It was a payoff. The whole thing. It was just a big payoff. It was like, what are we going to do to get Chicago and, you know, to get the Chicagoans on our side for the election, the next election? It's like, well, let's get the police a lot of overtime. Like, double it up. to Whatever they're making this month, they'll make twice as much. You think that was the entire reason for it, is just to, to put more money in the in the public coffers? Yeah. Really? Why not? Well, the Chicago... There's no reason to do this event in Chicago no. unless you know this is, you know is going to happen. The Chicago natives were not very happy, that's for sure. They don't give this. too bad. You know, they need, <laughs> the police department needs to get their payoff. <laughs> that's it's too the most bad. corrupt police department in the country. That's just too bad, he says. That's just too bad. You know. Well, anyway, I don't know if we... What we you know, it's getting harder and harder to... Uh, it's actually... It, it, it's interesting. We're in an interesting conundrum. Whereas you pointed out quite astutely that there is no news left. I mean, look at CNN. Um, Mickey and I usually play this game, Call It is the name of the game. And in the morning, say, Call It. And then you have to call what CNN has as the story the minute you turn on the television. 
and you know it's just getting harder and harder to play because I can't I don't keep up with all the movies. So it's I, funny because we play a game at the house called Tits or No Tits. Oh, tell me how. Maybe this is a better game for us. How does that work? Uh, you're going through the, the the menu and you see uh, Cinemax. It's usually after ten o'clock, and you look for an NR, which means not rated. That means it's a titty movie. And then you make a prediction. If you turn it on right at that moment, will you see tits or will you not see tits? And almost every time you see tits, it's amazing. I, th- I think we can do this with news channels, too. Maybe. Yeah, you can just say tits or no legs tits. Or legs or no legs in the case of Fox. <laughs> anyway, so we play this game, and you can't play the game anymore because there is no news. There's just zero, absolute zero news on. It's all entertainment stuff. You know, you turn on this morning, it was about Snooky. I'm like, okay, that was CNN. And you just move around. And maybe they have a thing about Romney, you know, whatever. There, there, there literally is no news. And so what do we focus on? If the people are, we, we can't even figure out what they're being indoctrinated. They're not being indoctrinated with anything. So we just have to kind of create our own newscast here and th- come up with the stuff we think is important. Yeah. It's kind of pathetic. But mm-hmm. I enjoy it. NoAgendaNewsNetwork.com is a great place to help us out. Uh, that is a great river of news that gives you uh, news from all around Gitmo Nation. You could participate really simply just by getting a blog and then posting the RSS feed. Uh, there's a button at the top menu there. Please don't put Infowars.com in there. I have to remove that twice a day. That's not what we're looking for. People can go to Infowars.com if they want that. We want people, uh, producers, coming up with good stuff. Producers going out and finding things, writing about it, you know, sending links, whatever it is. But don't just put in other aggregators. That's not the point. But help us out. We definitely need some help in finding the stuff that uh, that you want us to report on. I think our Law of the Sea Treaty is done. I think we're good on that. We'll just have to wait yeah. for the vote. So the end of show clip will be this woman, the Dr. Rima Leibau, who has got, she's somewhat controversial. Some people think she's full of crap. But she's an anti-codex elementarius, and she does exaggerate, I think, sometimes. But this is actually an interesting anecdote. She used to run a clinic, and some for rich people. And I guess somebody, I think it, I don't, I can't guess who she's talking about, because she won't say, but I think it may be, well, I don't know. We'll try to figure it out, maybe talk about it on the next show. And the next show will be on Sunday, 9 o'clock a.m., Gitmo Nation West time. It's always streamed live at noagendastream.com. Uh, find us at noagendashow.com on iTunes, anywhere you'd expect to find some kind of podcast. And uh, please support our value-for-value value model. You didn't hear any commercials, did you? Just some drunken stoner dudes handing us money. Go to Dvorak.org slash NA. Coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State, where they're being weaponized. It's Austin Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, well, right away on my trusty steed, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday, right here on No Agenda. Before we closed it, and people from around the world would come to us hoping that we could do things that nobody else could do to help them, and generally we could. So we had a head of state who was our patient. No, it was not the Queen of England, and no, we will not tell you who it was because she deserves privacy too. So one day, 
this very pleasant, chatty lady said, you know, it's almost time for the great culling, C-U-L-L-I-N-G, the great culling to begin. I said, what? What are you talking about? She said, you know, the culling of the useless eaters. And I said, the what? Because I had heard of things like the Trilateral Commission and the, the Illuminati, but I had never heard the term useless eaters. I said, who are the useless eaters? She said, everyone who is consuming our non-renewable natural resources. And I said, always the splinter under the fingernail of the establishment, I said, did it ever occur to you that you are consuming the non-renewable resources of those people? And she said, no, I never thought about it like that. I said, well, think about it. She said, that's interesting, but I don't believe it. I said, well, who are you? She said, we are the neo-aristocrats. We are the people at the top of the pyramid. Around us will be our servants, and around them our technicians, and we only need 10% of the population. And I said to myself, this lady is truly bonkers. I don't care what throne she sits on, she's a nut job. And I went and did some research. And I discovered, yes, she is crazy, but so are all the people in her world who believe precisely the same thing. Since 1974, the World Health Organization, not your friend, the World Health Organization has had a commission to develop and deploy vaccinations to permanently end the fertility of the women who receive the vaccines. And they were convicted in the Philippines of involuntarily sterilizing more than three million women there. No one knows how many women they sterilized. In Africa, the smallpox eradication program involuntarily oh, was, was designed in writing, and I have the documents, to, and I quote, eliminate 150 million excess sub-Saharan Africans. That's just one small part of it. The H1N1 vaccine with squalene designed to create permanent irreversible infertility, which is why pregnant women and children all over the world were supposed to get it first. This is real. This is ongoing. Clip of the day. And as promised, David, this one's for you. So ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation National Anthem. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and service. 
And you can always follow me on Twitter. Shut up, slave! Dvorak.org slash N-A